Well, today is SantaCon. The day that we are oh, recording God. this is New York's most solemn day. Mm. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna have to explain this to me. What is SantaCon? <laughs> yeah, I, I have I, like I sort of. <laughs> it's in my calendar of New York activities along that I don't understand, <laughs> along with like Fleet Week. So I assume it's also like <laughs> equal prominence. I've right? been warned like, about SantaCon. I went to college here, so uh, my first SantaCon, I was like, how bad could it actually possibly be? And I got out of the subway at Astor Place, and as I was walking to like meet friends at a bar uh i saw a santa wearing a swastika oh no oh like vomited all over himself and was passed Mm. out on somebody's like uh stairwell so like that's the vibe of santa you saw a political cartoon in the wild a somewhat edgier one than like most (laughs) newspapers but i sent it to the new yorker they said no (laughs) they said this this is too on the nose oh my Uh, god wait so have have you been to uh new york alice no never i've only ever been through the closest i've been is through newark airport so i got to look at new york through like a thick pane of glass across like a sort of a multi-mile distance and sort of like longingly be like yeah one day one day I will come to this place where they have unconscious Nazi Santa. Yeah. (laughs) That's the dream. The thing about SantaCon, too, is that I feel like the name SantaCon implies a sort of organization that is not Mm. there. It is not a convention by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's just a bar crawl. Like, Imagine a guy. <laughs> I'm just imagining a I guy now. It. I can't do it. No, no, no. Rotating no. a guy in my mind. <laughs> He's in three dimensions. I'm just spinning him around. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a guy who grew up with like his parents met at SantaCon, and so like SantaCon <laughs> is a key part of his like origin story. Ostensibly, it is for charity. Like they are raising what? money Shut for the like fuck <laughs> up. For, for like cancer awareness, for like prostate cancer awareness or something. I oh, think good. that's I'm what so they claim good. it is. Okay. But I've I, never that's, seen that's those good, receipts. Though. I I was never aware of cancer before <laughs> this. So many Welcome to the worst of all possible worlds, the first and only podcast where you will be aware of cancer. <laughs> I am the worst of all possible Brian's. I'm the worst of all possible AJ's. And I'm the worst of all possible Josh's. It's like a memento mori. And joining us today is podcaster, poster, and fellow Soviet camera enthusiast, Alice Caldwell Kelly. <laughs> you Alice can say Love. the worst of all possible guests, too. It's a yes. pleasure to be here. Worst of all possible, Alice's. That's right. Thanks for having me. When I messaged you uh, a few weeks back, I was like, hey, uh, we've been looking for somebody to come on and talk about Hitman. Hitman is a game we've been wanting to talk about on this show for quite a while. Yeah, and I, I said yes immediately because, yeah. uh, <laughs> first of all, because the podcast rocks, right? Second of all, Thank because you. I oh, love the Hitman games, have done since I was a kid. Third of all, because I wanted a lot of emails in my uh, in my inbox with the subject matter hitman details and I wanted to be surveilled by more intelligence agencies than I currently yeah. am. Yeah, how, how many are you at now, Alice? <laughs> they're all trying to get through one door at the same time and they're getting stuck. Yeah. Oh, sure, it's the, it's the Mr. Burns intelligence uh-huh. agency problem, yeah. yeah. Do you think the Three Stooges are, like, mad that that's, like, retrospectively, that that's the Mr. Burns thing now instead of their thing? <laughs> yes, yes, uh, they're rolling in their graves. But yeah, my Google history for, like, the last two years has always just been, like, Hitman, Italy, Hitman, New York, 
Hitman, how to find Hit- <laughs> <laughs> Hitman rat poison locations. <laughs> but before we actually get into the game itself, Alice, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about you, uh, the shows you do, and also just your experience with Hitman more broadly. Oh, God. I mean, I'm not a very interesting person. I just podcast a lot. That's interesting, inherently. <laughs> yeah, no. What, yeah. what I did was I did a, a soft coup on a podcast called Trash Future, which you may have heard <laughs> Yes. Of, um, where one of the hosts, Hussein Kazani, made the mistake of asking to interview me. And I said, yeah, mm. sure, gonna take over your podcast, though. I didn't include that bit. It was in, like, it was in white on white. Um, <laughs> you had to highlight then, it to really see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I, I did a good enough job that they started having me back more and more until I made myself indispensable. And then I started taking, uh, you know, a, a fifth of their Patreon money. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, be careful when you invite me on stuff, because this may happen. Mm. And, and then since then, I've sort of broadened out a bit to do two other podcasts. I do Well, There's Your Problem, uh, which is on YouTube, because it's a podcast with slides about engineering yeah. disasters. I do Kill James Bond with, uh, with Abby Thorne and Devon, which is about sort of like James Bond through masculinity. It's like very, very heavily related. If we talked about video games, like if if I weren't the only video game player on that podcast, we would absolutely (laughs) have talked about Hitman by now. Yes. Because they're very much in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. You could talk about the Hitman movies. Or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the less said about them, maybe the better. But Yeah, looking at sort of Timothy Oliphant's extremely bald, like shaved bald head for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Some people shouldn't be shaving their heads, you know? Like, no. get Michael Cerverus. Get someone who's yeah. already like tried and tested. We need a canonically bald guy. To play yeah. somebody like 47. Get yeah. the Tooch No, get the Tooch in there. We, we, we show we Tucci in there. And- <laughs> that's the thing. You can't make Agent 47 too sexy like that. Uh, no, I, I, I that's don't true. really understand it myself, but people really like Stanley Tucci in like a sexual way. And d- yeah. that's not really the sure. case for, for Hitman Agent 47. Uh, I think you really, when you said Yul Brynner, that was it, and we missed yeah. Uh, yeah. a we chance <laughs> as a society when Yul Brynner died, never to have it. We gotta like do the sort of Star Wars thing where it's like, uh, no, yeah. Disney owns your entire soul now, you will perform for us from beyond the grave. Yeah. When we were going back and forth talking about getting this episode together, uh, you actually sent me a comic uh, that sort of to you sums up a lot of what makes your relationship with this game significant. Is that something that you want to talk about? Yes, yeah, I, I would love to bring this up. So, Carson Manier, who is great, by the way, drew this amazing comic for uh, for Polygon, Why Hitman is My Favorite Trans Game. Uh, and it's like, mm. oh. relating the experience of playing Hitman to uh, being a transgender woman, it is something that is made to feel like infiltration to you. Mm-hmm even mm. though you have sort of no ill intent, right? Um, sure. And Hitman is like a, a game about like disguise and appearance and like uh, those appearances being sort of like enforced in different ways. And you can really, and she does dig into this in a, in a way that's sort of like quite sort of emotional. And it, yeah. it's a way mm. that I'd, I had never put that together because I had been playing these games since literally the first one. Oh, um, really? Wow. Yeah, I played it pretty much a couple of years after it came out, and it looked like absolute dog shit. If you look up the concept <laughs> art for like yeah. the original Hitman yeah. game, they hadn't worked out what shape a human head was yet. Mm-hmm. So the guy was just sort of like yeah. this plasticine sort of like dummy with really craggy features. But so I, I I never made those connections. So reading this, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's actually a really good set of reasons why I might be compelled by this, this thing about sort of mm. like shifting mutable identities 
parties and like uh, you know these the idea of, of of infiltration and deceit and things like that. That's what makes Hitman such an interesting franchise. Is like it's a stealth game in mm-hmm. sort of a broad sense of the term, but like it doesn't play like. Uh, Splinter Cell or right. Metal Gear Solid or something like that because you're not infiltrating a military base uh, except for Colorado. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there's a reason that's the worst level, right? <laughs> yeah. For the most part, it's about being in public and it's about inhabiting yeah. some way of being in public right. uh, that makes the the whole uh, enterprise so unique. I don't really know another game that does this. Right. Social stealth. There, there have been like a yeah. couple of mm-hmm. imitators of it, but like none really successfully. It really is sort of like lightning in a jar with these guys, and I'm I'm not sure why, other than that it's just it's a huge amount of work to actually develop the thing. Well, yeah. that's that's yeah. the, I, I think an important point is that like Hitman wasn't really Hitman until I would argue Blood Money. And then it mm-hmm. was the games we're going to be talking about on today's episode, the World of Assassination yeah. trilogy that right. really made the game kind of what it is when we think about yeah. what Hitman is. And I think, Brian and AJ, you actually have some background about the development history of these games, right? Yes, sir. Yes. So IO started in 1998 in Copenhagen. It was a sort of joint venture between Retomoto which was this very new software studio that was started by a bunch of guys who came from like the demo group scene. Mm. And they joined up with Nordisk Film, which is, I think, Denmark's oldest film studio. It was founded in 1906 right. um, to, to make a, a, a game studio. Responsible for such bangers as Train coming directly towards you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they immediately started work on Hitman Codename 47, right? The very first game in the series. Right. Uh, well, because they were originally going to do an MMO called Rex Dominus. They wanted oh. to do like a giant like game. And it was a Nordisk film that was like, hey, maybe you should walk before you run. Right. And right. Just make like a straightforward shooter. It's like, it's okay. We cannot all be Lars von Trier from the very beginning. They got uh, Eidos on as a publisher and they got Jonas Enerot as the executive producer. Now, Jonas worked on a couple of games that some people have heard of. They're pretty, pretty obscure. I don't know. Deus Ex and something called Thife. Fuck you, really? The the Doc Project, yeah. Are we talking about my favorite games in the world? Deus Ex, Thief, and Thief 2, all of which are extremely well lit. (laughs) Yeah, extremely well lit. Josh, Uh, what happened when you tried to stream Thief the other day? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Josh, what happened? Did you discover that it was perhaps too dark on stream? Shut up! I had a very similar experience going back and revisiting Deus Ex. I'm like, Mm. yeah, it's, it's like, it's so influential. Like, everything you like in a video game game is, is like Deus Ex's fault. I'm like banging this big drum for years and years and years and years. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I actually try to play the fucking thing and I'm like, you know what? Actually, maybe the sort of endless reboots of these things are a good thing, relatively speaking. <laughs> You're shooting arrows straight into Josh's heart. I'm so, I'm, I'm just, oh, oh, my baby. So, <laughs> so 47 was like a cult hit. Of a, it, it didn't do poorly, but it was, uh, it was not a big thing. And people were like, this is kind of weird and obtuse and difficult. And the levels are maybe too large. Yeah. Um, the best thing that could be said about it was that it introduced ragdoll physics, or it was one of the first games mm. to introduce ragdoll physics it was one of the first games to have any kind of physics 
Right. Like the, uh, you can walk through like banners and they'll kind of drape over your your big bald head as you do it. And that that's like one of the biggest sort of like things for them. They love to do this still. And yes. it, it's nice to know that this is like a sort of a yeah. franchise moment for them. You know, yeah. it's like James Bond has the like da 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 sting, whereas Hitman yeah. has like cloth draping over his big bald head as he walks through a doorway. And so you've actually played this game, Alice. I, I have not. Oh, I yeah. did not grow up playing PC games so, in general. So Hitman Code Name 47, it's like a very early tech demo, really. It allows yeah. you to do some interesting things. A lot of the time it's sort of like, you can tell where it loses confidence, basically, and it becomes mm. this narrow shooter. It, it also sets up the story, which is wild, and unfortunately the rest of the franchise, until like this reboot, the world of Assassination, has been more or less handcuffed to ever since. Sure. Which and is even the reboot is like, yeah, it's still canonical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this mad scientist still happened. He's just part of a yes. larger deep state yeah. conspiracy. Yeah. It's like, what if a guy had seven dads? Yeah. <laughs> what if a guy had seven dads? They were all in the French Foreign Legion together. Um, <laughs> they were all different races, which allows him to pass for any race on Earth. Yeah. That is an explicit uh, plot point. Despite uh, being the whitest man you've ever seen. Yeah. And he gains like certain talents from each of them, like, uh, you know, like the world's oh, greatest boy. spy is one of his dads, so he can spy better. The world's greatest <laughs> like shooter is one of his dads, so he can shoot better. Stuff like this. Um, one of his dads is Phil Collins, which gives him the ability to play the drums. And <laughs> yeah, noted yeah. best drummer in the world, <laughs> Phil <laughs> Collins. I, I should say also, there's no jokes in this. It's played completely straight. It's played yeah. Some, yeah. more or less as an action mm. movie. This horrifying plasticine man is out on the trail of his seven yep. dads. Yeah, um, occasionally lets itself like have a glimmer of what these games are going to become like there's a bit where you yeah. have to sort of like kill one guy at a meeting of two different triad leaders and you can do that by like knocking out his chauffeur and like placing a bomb in the limo you can do it with a sniper rifle um mm. and it's it, this sort of like thing where like there's different moving parts of who gets where on time that's going to become the sort of like the core gameplay element later on but at this point mm -hmm. it's like an interesting sort of experiment before you go back into like shoot 50 guys and they fly across yeah. the room mm. because we have right yeah. yeah i mean i mean it was it was originally supposed to be like a john woo action movie like that's really mm -hmm. what the main inspiration was and it was actually jonas who came in and was like, let's make this a little bit more methodical. Let's like yeah. actually add in these other elements. Hitman would eventually just become a puzzle game. So Hitman 2 comes out in 2002. Hitman 2, man. That, that's a game that we would do on Kill James Bond as a, like a joke episode. Worth that a movie. <laughs> it, it's like, honestly, Tumblr have been driving themselves and saying, this won't be topical anymore when this comes out, but Hitman 2 is the closest thing to Goncharov that has ever been made as a video game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it refines a little bit more. It, it gets you. It, it allows you to be a little bit smoother in the executions. Um, it gets released on consoles, and it's a surprise, like big hit. People, mm -hmm. people see the bald guy, and they're like, "I want to be that cool bald guy with the gun." Mm -hmm. He's wearing a suit. That's awesome. Yeah, suit up. I love how I met your mother. <laughs> so, I, it was the era. So in the wake of that success, their publisher, Eidos, decides to acquire them. Rest in mm -hmm. peace, Eidos. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Hitman Contracts gets released nine months later, and it's just nine months straight of crunch, and they just 
push that thing out. People really yeah. liked contracts. It kind of recycles a couple of Codename 47 levels into it. Yeah, it's it's sort of like a best of, but it works really well when like yeah. the the games that you're working with have the bits that you want to do sort of like in like encased within them. It's sort of like mining those out and sticking them in, in a new game was like very worth it. And then we get the the big one, Blood Money in yep. 2004. This right. is the game that is like here we go. We have the sandbox. We have the ways to hide. We have a lot of just incredible racism right from the open. Oh my jump. god! The beginning oh of the god. game is so fucking racist. Like it's maybe the most racist tutorial in gaming. It, it's uh-huh. like what happens in this tutorial? Okay, so well, Alice, do you want to do you want to explain what happens in the tutorial? Yeah, Blood Money? the tutorial for Blood Money, which is unskippable the first time, so you have mm-hmm. to see it. They're really proud of this. Is a sort of a Lincoln lawyer, like an itinerant lawyer, has been abducted, okay. I guess, in like into a fairground, an abandoned fairground pier, which is populated with some of the worst racial stereotypes you'll meet. Uh, let's yeah. let's say gangsters yep. and sort of like wherever <laughs> oh. your mind takes you from there, if you imagine that you are a Danish game developer, the most <laughs> racist combination of two things. Well, and if you're a Danish game developer, it's around Christmas time, you look out the window and you're like, I've got an idea. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, in the lawyer character too is is definitely Jewish coded also. Like oh, it's, it's very much. Yeah, it's really yeah. uncomfortable. Oh. It's it's a it's the the rest of the game is not quite at that level. But mm-hmm. um, and this was what all games were doing at this point because it was like. It was that sort of edgy, like GTA type yeah, humor, yeah. which you oh, can sure. see kind of carrying over even in this series through like 2016. They mm-hmm. even went back and like removed lines from Hitman 2016 when they released the sequels. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And so Blood Money comes up with the like you're inside of a small diorama and you can walk around and see what things you can manipulate. Like you're mm. in in a new life. You can go into the house. You'll find out one of the security guards is like sniffing the wife of the house's panties so you can yeah, edgy, put chloroform right? on them so yeah. that he can pass out and steal a costume. So it's a lot more of this refining of what they were doing from the first couple games, or first mm-hmm. three games. Uh, one of the beauties of this is that it presents you with a system that like seems to be functioning very well. And yeah. New Life is, like, no argument, the best level in Blood Money. Yes. Uh, like, all of these things are like, someone's having a party, there's like a, a witness in witness protection in suburbia and everything's very calm. You are the one who is, like, choosing to introduce chaos into this environment. Yeah. Um, and until then, it just it just functions, it just goes round and round without you. I, I really like that because it's such a contrast to, like, what else was being made at that time. Mm-hmm. And now every video game does this everyone steals from this i i played the, the new call of duty the other day and it does the sort of mandatory social stealth sections where it's like really yeah uh. where you're you're in amsterdam which has been like sort of like taken over by by terrorists and drug lords and drug cartels because modern sure. how many times has that happened yeah, oh, different duty, other yeah. thing um and and yeah you have to do this sort of like social stealth and like introduce a gunfight into this into this crowded situation mm, sure. and it's like no i've seen this done better by by racist Danes. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's very telling. Uh, if you watch the documentary that Noclip did, they like have this interview section where they talk about making the level Mumbai, and they're like, mm. "Yeah, so we actually traveled to Mumbai, and it was nothing like we thought. We thought it was just going to be like disease and poverty and like <laughs> people wearing rags." Yeah. But, but it turns out like there's actually some good parts of Mumbai. So we really tried to put that into the Way game, go, and it was like, <sighs> "Oh, great." <laughs> but on a mechanical level, I think the thing that Blood Money really nails in missions like A New Life, uh, the one in the Opera House is another one yeah. that I think is really great. You are in a set piece, essentially. The world can go on without you or mm-hmm. you can interject yourself at different points. But you have the freedom to do it at the point that you want, how you want. And yeah. I would argue that up until Blood Money, no other game had done anything even close to this. You have mm-hmm. immersive sims, obviously, like Deus Ex where Hmm. you have the ability to use the tools of the world to make things happen. But Uh to make things happen in the context of sequences that are entirely or primarily scripted is brand new. It, 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 Hmm. It takes certain elements of like adventure game exploration, couples them with the mechanics that are more common to like a stealth shooter, and creates what is basically an entirely new genre. Yeah. Right. And so the, for the next game, they abandon that entirely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the time that Blood Money gets released, all the old IO guys are basically gone. No one who worked on Codename 47 is still working on a Hitman game. Uh, cancel culture came for all of us. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they reformed, uh, uh, Eidos reformed Rito Moto, and then the old guys went back over to that, only ever made like one free-to-play game, and now it's in bankruptcy. Uh, the, the new guys came in and they looked at things that that they needed to do to make it smoother especially on console i think mm-hmm. what you'll see if you play absolution versus this new trilogy the controls are basically the same oh interesting whereas if you play oh. blood money it's a lot more like oh fuck all the buttons are different everything yes. is yeah. different now Bl- blood money mr hitman mr 47 sort of control he's like basically <laughs> he has vehicle controls right yes. yeah. and yeah. Y- you kind of a lot like me and, and going back to deus ex right you can trick yourself into thinking that you liked that and mm-hmm. i yeah. i think yeah. because for a long time uh like there's a huge gap in release right between uh blood money and absolution for a long time seven blood money years was, yeah was yeah. it and believe me i played it every single one of those seven years uh <laughs> yeah same, uh, same. And i was just like when are they gonna do another one of these and so i i was you know i was very excited to to play the new one and this was i think probably the first time that the video game industry sort of raised my hopes and dashed them in the way that it, it, it does um so, 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 so what's it like playing absolution like what what makes it so different from blood money it's a linear action game yes um wow. with significantly i don't want to call it worse writing but it's a tonal mismatch right blood money sort of experiments with this idea of of, of like uh, agent 47 is like this sort of deep misanthrope and so like all of its characters are grotesque uh yeah and, and you can really get into the weeds of like yeah of course the they're grotesque in ways that are sort of like um rich but also sexualized and it's like yeah this is how a sexless sort of like professional killer might see everyone around him that's Mm, reasonable where absolution goes with that is what if we did sort of like grindhouse nihilism with that right Um, yeah it's very it's it's very like 70s like exploitation film there's nuns in thigh-high fishnet stockings with machine guns well and and, and brian you were saying in the I think it was either in a text to me or in the chat where at the the beginning you were like, 
hey, this isn't so bad. Yeah, you well, got I, like I two hours through, in. There was a linear tutorial, and mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's just like Blood Money, which has a li- linear tutorial. Let's see how mm-hmm. this goes. There's a little bit of linear stuff, and then there's like one level that's kind of open plan towards the beginning because they got complaints at E3, and then they spent two years of crunch putting in more Hitmanish mm. things. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I can feel this. This actually is is all right. And then the rest of the game goes in a straight line. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm bored now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, also, not, it's not horrible, but like, it's just not right. A straight line from like place to place in rural America, which is yeah, like, you're in like South Dakota. What? One of the strengths of the franchise before this was <laughs> sort of a villain of the week thing, right? Which is yeah, you load right. into a level. This is this level's dipshit. This is this level's like <laughs> yeah. rich piece of shit, and you have to ruin their life ultimately by ending it. Um, yeah. Whereas whereas here it's like no, we have a recurring villain, a recurring sort of like juicer antagonist, uh, and we're just mm. gonna like follow this through a series of levels that are very similar in like feel. Uh, and, and setting, as opposed to the sort of like jet setting, globe trotting hitman. Yeah, and so they realize that they need to to make another step. It, it it it's kind of disappointing performance. Like critics give it okay reviews, but it's just like obviously like there's a problem here. But they had an online component where users could make their own contracts. Right, highlight any NPC and make them the target of the level. What they found was that even up to the release of Hitman 2016, 50,000 people were still actively playing that player contracts mode. Wow. That's, and so they, that's yeah. wild to me. I would never have guessed this. I knew it was popular, but like... like so what they do is they, they decide to come up with uh, this, this trilogy. No one actually calls, them, calls it this, but it's called the World of Assassination. Um, internally, right. it's called the Netflix of Assassination. They decide to do games as a service. Right. And with Hitman 1, you get games as a service in uh, one of the most misguided ways possible. They have made a really good game, but they decided to release each level one month apart from each other. See, I'm I'm a little freak. I liked this. I oh. really enjoyed this um, because I found that th- th- they dropped this pretty quickly and they did two more yeah, in this yeah. trilogy where they were right. like, no, we're just going to release them sort of like on block, right? Yeah. And mm. I did the same thing I play every other video game like, which is, you know, I, I sort of disappear for two days, play everything, um, <laughs> and, then, yep. and then it's done, right? I, I really enjoyed the sort of, the I could see what they were going for with the, yeah. the episodic thing, which was... You're meant to play these levels a bunch of times. You're meant to deconstruct them and take them apart and put them back together and do a bunch of different things with different tools that you unlock as you replay them. And then you have a total understanding of the whole story from a bunch of different angles. Now it's time for your sort of next piece of story and the next level. I really found that a sort of a compelling loop. Uh, But, you know, people don't really respond to it well so i'm outvoted well <laughs> were you there alice on day one when oh, paris yeah. dropped yes okay uh, they had like a beta release for paris which i which i played okay. a lot and the tutorial mm. levels and mm. so i was i was very into those i also think by the way best tutorial level in like conception and setting that i've ever played yeah i just want to talk about that really quickly no, the, the, <laughs> the boat level is that the one the the prologue yes yeah yeah, yeah. so the, the idea with the, the tutorials is that it's a test that's been set as sort of like um, seven habits of highly effective people sort of hiring interview <laughs> process yeah. thing. Yeah. They've set up a gigantic, like, it's a set. It's full of just flats. Yes. 
and yeah. they're actors. I yeah. think. So creative. Yeah. Like like you all of the backgrounds are backdrops against like this fucking missile silo that they've built the environment in. Right. Yeah. Right. In order to escape, you have to get to a cardboard helicopter that is literally stenciled with like helicopter on there by some <laughs> props team. Uh, yeah, who has yeah. had to like assemble it. And I, I sort of I knew they had got the humor right where when I saw mm. one NPC. So there's a guy on the boat that you can knock out to get um, a chef's disguise. Oh and yeah, yeah. In order to do this, they set you up with a, a melee weapon, a frying pan next to him. Once you knock him out with the frying pan, once I don't know if this changes over playthroughs or if this is just something that you only notice the second time. But because these mm. are like meant to be replayed differently. That NPC, who was meant to be like an actor playing a chef who you then hit with the thing, has a <laughs> giant bandage and a giant bruise oh, that's on funny. the bit of the model oh. where you hit him with the frying pan. Huh. That's amazing. Wow. And I just, as soon as I got that, I'm like, oh, okay, they've been, you hit the guy, right. you like kill the guy, someone calls like for a reset, and then you do it all over again. <laughs> He's just been standing there. But you're still hit literally hitting that man. Yeah. 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 Oh, that fucking <laughs> rules. And that guy's just like, please, God, please, God, don't let him. <laughs> Get that there, frying there, pan again. There have been worse working conditions for extras, I think. Uh, uh, that's true. I feel like everybody in here can speak to yeah. that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, God. When I was working on that fucking MacGruber TV show, Christ Almighty. <laughs> yeah, but, you almost boiled uh, alive, right, Brian? Oh, it was horrible. I, I got sand in my eyes. We were dressed as prisoners at an active prison, and there were there was some miscommunication with the guards. We're, we're not going to talk about and then my this movie bald career. Guy showed up. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Started and the warden mysteriously disappeared, but was bald yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's the tutorial that brings us into the first level in yeah. Hitman, the brand new Hitman trademark, first game in the world of the Assassination yeah. Trilogy. The very first level here is Paris. And I ah, think Pally. the best thing mm -hmm. to talk about with Paris, rather than going into like extreme detail about like every single thing you can do, right. is just to frame up first, like just throwing what? like a sheaf of notes in the trash. Oh here. my God. Yeah. It's like you can do literally anything. And I think that's the thing that makes Paris so interesting up top, yeah. right? Yeah. It's yeah. so fucking chonky. They had so many ideas that they wanted to execute on it. And um, I mean, it really was like their pilot. This right, was yes. the, right. this is this is by far the devs say this. This is the most complex level in the entire series in the in all of Hitman ever made and probably ever to be made because they had to make all of this work. Right. And yeah. one of the most complicated things is that this has the most AIs in it of everything to make the, the whole like runway system work properly. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Madea Anderson, who was uh, one of the like lead level designers for this trilogy, for the Noclip doc, they asked her, like, would you go in and change anything? And you just see like fear fill her eyes. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, no, I would I would not mess with any of the AI in this level. I would be terrified to do that. And it's like, yeah, it seems to be a very precipitous sort of like. Uh, balancing act. There's so mm -hmm. many plates yeah. going at once yeah. in this level. What I think really balances it, though, yeah. is that it, it's not just like, it's a tremendously complex thing that is very right. legible. It seems yeah. quite simple. Oh, yeah. you, you look at this and like, uh, if you don't know anything about how video games are made, which is to say if you're me, right, you look at this and you <laughs> yeah. go, this is a box. This is a box that has four floors in it. It is populated mm -hmm. with stuff that sort of like broadly reacts to you sensibly. That must mm -hmm. be easy to make, I assume. I can't hear all of these game developers <laughs> crying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th this level is called the Showstopper. Uh, yeah. It is so named because there is a fashion show going on. You as 47 mm -hmm. need to assassinate two targets. 
uh, Victor Novikov, who is basically mm-hmm. the money man. He's a Brazilianaire. And then mm-hmm. Dahlia, what, Margolis, right? Margolis. Margolis. Yes. Dahlia Margolis. Yeah. And Victor is like an old Russian oligarch yep. who made a lot of money once uh, the Soviet Union fell. He's a gangster. And now he's trying to like just get out of that mm-hmm. and be a French fashion label owner. Yep. Dahlia Margolis is like at one time was the top supermodel in the world, but she also worked for Mossad and both of them are actually like military secrets brokers. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there is also this military secrets auction going on on the upper floors. Right. Now, Paris is an example of what the developers call a fortress level. Yes. Uh, In the Noclip documentary, How the Simulation of a Hitman Level Works, which is one of a series of docs they've done, they talk a bit Mm. about this. The description they give in that documentary is, a distinct area the player must break into. And that sort of goes yeah. back to what you're saying, Alice, about how like it's just a big box. There's four mm-hmm. stories. There are some areas that you can enter pretty freely. There are other areas that are super duper off limits. And it's up to yeah. you to figure out a way to get into those off limits areas so that you can, you know, hit the man. Yeah. And, yeah, and right. it serves to like <laughs> the narrative very well in that it's sort of like it's taking you by the hand and it's explaining with a series of alphabet blocks. Well, it's not mm-hmm. even explaining anything. It's, it's trying to get you to think about like ideas of class and hierarchy very, yeah, yeah, very gently yeah. by being like, hey, don't you, do you ever think it's strange how all the service staff work in the basement and all the rich people are on the top <laughs> floor mm-hmm. and you have to sort of like, you know, gain uh, identities of progressive value to, to infiltrate those spaces? Do you think that's interesting? Um, uh, do you want to think about that maybe for the rest of the game? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and primarily, like, the, yeah, this introduces, even though we had a little bit of this in the um, tutorials, we have this idea of, like, what the costumes are, what they can do. There yeah. are some things that I wish could be a little bit clearer, like the fact that you can just poison things out in the open if you're a waiter because mm-hmm. people think, oh, he's just pouring drinks. Yeah. Um, My favorite oh. bit of visual shorthand in this game, uh, which is that when a drink is poisoned, the game <laughs> needs you to know that. Uh, yeah. So it, what it does is it creates an invisible to NPCs cloud of, like, yes. uh, <laughs> green or red fumes coming off of the drink. And just it's just it's, death. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny to imagine someone lifting like a brandy snifter that's like off gassing (laughs) but it's also one of those things where legibility is always at the forefront of what this game is trying to do and actually i think they improved it over the course of the world of assassination three games yeah because yeah like if you've poisoned a drink as a player and you can't tell that that drink is poisoned or you can't remember whether you poisoned it with a lethal or non-lethal poison then you just have to remember it and that takes up cognitive load that could better be used watching for like a guy who might come by and ruin your entire assassination plan. It, yeah. it also sets up one of the best feelings you can get in this game, which is when a plan goes right by accident, or you cover yes. yourself yeah. in a way that you didn't expect that you would. When you round a corner in time to see an NPC you had forgotten about, uh, drink <laughs> a poison drink you had forgotten poisoning. Um, that's a really satisfying feeling. It is like truly, I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah, this is this is also one of the few levels where you can kill one of your targets with the body of another target uh, if you launch the fireworks off in the back because there's also fireworks barges in the back and so you can have a remote to launch those they'll both go out like no that's too early and Dahlia will be on the upper balcony and Novikov will be down on the ground and you can just push her over and she will fall on him yeah. and they will both die at once <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, Brian you have completed all of these 
missions 100%, right? Like, you have done... Not 100%, no, especially not Hitman 1, because there are so many challenges. But you've leveled 20 so, so, I've gotten so, to level 20 so on So raising yeah. my hand to say that I have actually done that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I am 100%ed well every level, Alice? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I got Amazing. a max challenge in every level on Hitman 1. It took me for fucking ever. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, it, it sort of interacts with, uh, you know, a, a sort of a completionist part of my brain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, sure. in Hitman Hitman for me took a long time, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it took a long time for me to figure out how mm -hmm. to play it. Right. Well, the things that were legible for you were not at all legible for me um, because I'm not very good at video games. But once I got it, I can't put it down. This has basically been the only game I've played for the last year, this this mm. trilogy. Yeah. And what Paris does sets up also like this, the, all the dynamics that you're going to see in a space, like you said about progressive status and going up in the fortress. But there's also things like you have the stage, the runway, the yeah. models, you have the backstage. Those models are persistent throughout. They go on, they walk the runway, they go back, they get their makeup checked out, they take a smoke break outside. So you get like where the cave Catering has been set up. You get where like the temporary uh, like production cases are just sitting out by the building. Mm -hmm. You have all of these different zones and you see all the different ways that every room interacts with each other. And I feel like I also ought to clear one thing that I don't think yeah. we've explicitly done just in case for people who are listening to this episode who have never played Hitman before. Yeah, just sure. to describe what the core gameplay loop actually looks like. You go right. into a given level. Again, there yeah. are areas that you can access immediately using your standard mm -hmm. suit. There are mm -hmm. other areas that you cannot access uh, or more accurately, you can access them. But if somebody spots you, uh, then it will be like, hey, you're not supposed to be in here. Yeah. And they will yeah. either chase you out or engage with you. Like they'll start actually start blasting. fucking blasting. You can play yeah. this as a straight stealth game. You can. never use a mm -hmm. disguise if you want to. Uh, uh, yeah. In fact, it rewards you for doing that. This little challenge thing for doing it, just wearing the suit that you came in. Yeah. The way that you will mostly be playing this game is that you will be finding throughout these levels different targets who are, you know, somebody will just like be hanging out sort of in a corner where, uh oh, nobody else can see them back there. And yep. uh, it's a man Time for who, choking. Uh oh. Uh, <laughs> and if this is a man who is approximately the size of 47, what you can do as Agent 47 is you can whack that guy or you can choke him out yeah. from behind, or whatever. He, he, can, he can pass as any pants and shoe size. Right. Yes. Seven dads. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. The thing about 47 is that, like, as opposed to, again, other stealth games where you're going to be, like, crawling through vents and you're live, and even though he can climb, like, Prince of Persia for some reason, because right. he had a, one of his seven dads was the Prince of Persia. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal specifically. Actually, it was, was Jordan Mechner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Agent 47 is really trying to restore the Shah to power, but um, <laughs> he's not slick. Yeah. He's, no, a, yeah. he's a big rectangle. You yep. have mm -hmm. this six-foot-two refrigerator walking around in a suit, and we so haven't the, even mentioned the fact that he has a barcode on the back <laughs> yeah. of his yeah. old yeah. ass head. <laughs> and almost nothing you wear will cover that up. You will almost always, unless you get a guy who has a wig, um, have the barcode showing on the back of your head. But again, it's one of those things that for the sake of legibility and fun, mm -hmm. it, they yeah. just take it for granted. Because the moment that you knock out another guy and put on his costume... Uh, and by the way, it's usually advisable to find yep. a place nearby that you can dump the body so nobody finds yep. it. The moment that that costume is on, <laughs> yeah. you are, for the vast majority of people, whatever that role is. Now, 
There will still be a few people around. Waiter, hairdresser, cook, whatever, yeah. Yeah. There will still be a few people (laughs) around. They are known uh, in the design lingo of the game as enforcers. They have Mm -hmm. a little dot over their head. So long as they have that dot, they can spot you. And in that moment, they'll be like, hey, I am a waiter. I know the other waiters. You're not a waiter. Some waiters just aren't observant and some are. And same thing with like you get security guards and you can walk around with guns and things like that. But then there are also VIPs that you can dress as. So the the main VIP that you can get a hold of in Paris is Helmut Kruger, a big supermodel who looks exactly like you. Yes. Yeah. Where I would imagine the barcode would actually come in handy because it's like, oh, yeah, he's a German supermodel. Like, of course, he's going to have a barcode. (laughs) And then you also put on makeup. And, uh, and that's, that's the thing is that like this is one of the great things about Paris of like setting its stall out for like Netflix Hitman if you like is mm-hmm. the level of sort of suspension of disbelief that you need to have going yeah. in yeah. here. It explains yeah. that to you by being like there's a guy who looks exactly <laughs> like you and he's here tonight on a huge yeah. banner out front. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I think Alice you had mentioned sort of the humor of this game, the sense of humor yeah. of this game. Yeah, this is one case where the they set the tone humorously for this as well by being yeah. like repeatedly lampshading and pointing out that Helmut Kruger is, he looks exactly like 47. The joke being that once you knock him out and become him, you know, you're going to look just like him. And it's also, it's like, it was a breakthrough for the designers too, because they were like, we, we didn't really understand the humor of the series until we cracked Helmut Kruger. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. he's, I'm surprised that, that Danes couldn't understand the humor, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they sort of went to the the traditional thing of a guy applying a bunch of like makeup to his face, but like in a slightly different direction, mercifully. Yeah, yeah, like th- yeah. There there are no no points where Agent Forty Seven does drag, and I'm sure there are a lot of very odd conversations that happened at IO at some point mm-hmm. to be like, mm. I'm kind of I'm glad they didn't. Considering Hitman Blood Money, I'm yeah. glad they did not go that route. I mean, I was just yeah. making a blackface joke, but yeah, that too. Oh yes, uh, that too. <laughs> I'm glad he also doesn't do that. No, uh, that's what we do in the Netherlands. That's <laughs> it's okay. One of his one of his seven dads is black. I'm sure. So, uh, <laughs> so Agent Forty Seven notes app apology. I, I you know I, I, there we what, go. what I did was misconstrued. Uh, one of my seven dads. <laughs> I will do better. I promise. Yeah. I'm I making a donation. I hear yeah. you. I'm listening. <laughs> Like at the window outside right now. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm, I'm listening to you right now. <laughs> yeah. And and so what VIP costumes get you is also like very specific scripted encounters. You can walk up to someone and talk to them and say, "Hey, I'm the guy who sucks. Also, I have depression." But Helmut Kruger also is like a skeleton key. He can go almost everywhere right. in the level. You can go right. right up. You don't even get frisked. You're just like you are the guest of honor. Right. And you can really get a feel for the level once you figure out how to uh, knock out this crowd. Yeah. And, they, and they make Agent 47 funny in a kind of very quiet way because previously, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. like all of the humor in, in the Hitman games, there was some, especially in Blood Money, was yeah. mm. uh, playing against him. He's like, he's the straight man. He's very deadpan. Yeah. And it, yep. obviously you have to keep that as sort of like part of the character. He's sort of like, uh, you know, a human robot. But right. the way they do this is a sort of very unsubtle, but sort of in a way <laughs> yeah. that like comes back around. Like you, you kind of, you roll your eyes, but you, once it happens often enough, you kind of come to like it. Um, yeah. Thing of like... <laughs> Every single thing that this fucker says is like a, a double entendre on yes. I am going to kill you. Yes. 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 
And yeah, he, he loves a pun. It's like how James Bond always has a sex puns, but 47 doesn't have sex. He only he kills. He only has murder. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think, too, that, you know, so much of that is due to the strength of David Bateson's performance as 47, which I just wanted to call out. There is there is no sort of Roger Moore eyebrow waggling here is the thing. It is totally, totally flat in the best possible way. Uh, Like uh, a a villain, you know, well, not even a villain, like a target might say something to Agent 47, like, oh, this thing that I'm asking the guy I believe you are to do is going to be very difficult. And he'll just go, yes, it's going to be murder. No yeah. laugh, right. Yeah. Right. no eyebrow. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and David uh, David Bateson was originally not going to come back for these. Originally, oh, they had been like, "No, we're going to contract with somebody else." And Timothy f- Oliphant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that move would be justified. Oh God! The uh, fans did a petition, actually, yeah. being like, yeah, "Please bring him back." And I'm so bullying glad they did. Um, yeah, you know, for good and for ill, like, uh, you know, obviously it's not good to sort of like um, yell at game developers already the most yelled at people in the world because yeah. you know, <laughs> your, your, your toys don't behave according to the way you like. That's that's right. quite hubristic. On the other hand, recasting a sort of beloved voice actor with someone else that you want to do is how you get like the uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes with Kiefer Sutherland, a sort yeah, of right. bad imitation of a bad imitation of yep. David Hayter. So I-, I think I should probably explain a little bit of my history with Hitman um, in that I bounced off of it real hard. Mm. I mm. I had yep. seen that Same. it had gotten a lot of like really good reviews for Hitman 3 specifically, and I had just gotten uh, a PS5 and there was like no games for it. And so I was like, you know, I'll give I'll finally give Hitman a shot because I've heard the PS5 such... has no games. <laughs> yeah, it still really doesn't, honestly. There's there's a couple <laughs> good ones, but it's it's pretty barren. Um but I yeah, I, I played Hitman 3, which was all three games sort of in one, and mm-hmm. I started with the tutorial and I bounced off the tutorial. I couldn't yeah. wow. I, I, I felt it I found it to be very um disorienting and and confusing i just never played a game like it before and i was i was the same way i was the exact same way but did either of you start in hawks bay well that's what brian then said to me was like hey you actually need to go to hawks bay because that is the actual tutorial for the game and i played hawks bay and i got hitman pilled and i just binged (laughs) through the rest of the game like the it, hitman pill emits a big sort of cloud of green gas yeah, out of your yeah. brain. <laughs> it does it does and i shot it right down it's a term it's a tremendously designed level and we'll get to that yeah. in a minute mm-hmm. but um it becomes like the joy of hitman when i want to talk to people like like to convince them to play the game the joy of hitman is to like actually do that thing in groundhog day where bill murray is just calling out all the things happening at the exact moment they happen because yes. you've played it so many times that it's inside of you right and the only like experience I've ever had that really encapsulates that is being an understudy in a show and doing oh, multiple sure. tracks yeah. and being able to see the show not as a show but as a series of like interconnected bits and working mm-hmm. mechanics that it makes you feel like you're doing the dumb Sherlock Holmes thing where it's like he's just has the all the information palace. the mind palace where mm-hmm. it's all the information is in front of him and he's like waving his hands randomly in front of it and you know exactly what everything's happening and that's the joy of Hitman for me is actually knowing 
exactly when the guy is going to round the corner so I can punch him out, but then forgetting there's another guy who comes in, and then you have to punch him out, and soon you have a giant pile of bodies. That's also why you shouldn't hire AJ as an understudy, because he's always waving his hands around, moving things around in his mind palace. I mean, that's why I never get hired as an actor. It's it's just Muppet arms at all times. I I think that's an interesting thing to draw out about, like, sort of failure within Hitman, right? Mm. Like Failure in the most obvious sense is, like, you get detected, you get killed. However, there's always scope in there for Mm -hmm. For you to sort of like throw a wrench into into things and go, okay, no, you know what? This is the comedy run now. I'm not yeah, going to yeah, get yeah. like <laughs> sort of like silent, methodical, professional effects anymore. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm like turning on the sink in a bathroom to flood the floor. So a guy mm-hmm. comes in, trying to hit him in the back of the head, but he sees me in the mirror, beating <laughs> yeah. the shit out of him. His friend comes in, I have to beat him up too, until eventually this bathroom is just full of security guards. And Absolutely. Now I just close the door and go that's the security guard bathroom (laughs) and i think in paris specifically of maybe Mm -hmm. all the levels in this game due to the fact that it's so fucking dense i think it has some of the most opportunities for that moment when when Mm -hmm. you go back and play it over and over and over again there's 300 npcs in paris alone and they all have their own ai script i mean this game is so complicated and and as you said i was like when you walk into like one of the first levels it seems so like streamlined like you see the target walk down the stairs but while that's happening there are four ais in the kitchen like making things and Mm -hmm. moving Mm -hmm. in between stations there like it's it it hurts your mind to like try and conceive of it all in one go like it has to be experienced over and over again and uh none more so than in our next level that we're talking about uh sapienza ah yes the the very real italian town of sapienza (laughs) yes i've been there Oh yeah, I have, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Go on. It, does it neighbor <laughs> Delaware? Brian? Yeah, yeah. They're they're very close together. You take a ferry. It's about thirty minutes. Similar sort of climate and like a sort yeah. of like beauty quotient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sapienza. Sapienza is my favorite level in the whole. I still feel stupid saying world of assassination. But oh yeah, it is. no. I yeah. just say the Hitman trilogy at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I call the world of assassination because I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what what jumps out at you about this level, Alice? Why, why why do you find yourself drawn so much? So this is this is the second level. This is them trying right. to follow up on Paris. Uh, sure. And first first of all, the way that they did that was, I mean, just the the art direction. It's beautiful. Mm, I genuinely think yeah. this is the best uh, I can remember a video game looking still. Maybe that's just because the version of it that like lives in my head has sort of like yeah. outgrown the real thing. Sure. But well, they also know their like technical limitations because they're, mm. they're not going to animate things fully and have super big details. So they're always going to have the camera out away from your body quite a bit, mm. right? You get a mm-hmm. bigger picture mm-hmm. and that's what it's rendered for. And that's what it's designed for. Sure, it's designed sure. perfectly for that. And it's it's this sort of like this town on the Amalfi Coast, this sort of like mm. little tourist town. And unlike having this sort of singular fortress, what you have are two targets and an objective. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sort of the plot here is uh, y- you are fighting to defend your 
your your way of life as a hitman, right? Your you and mm. your seven dads uh, have sort of like <laughs> combined to create this this profession, right? Where you you go and you you know, like strangle people and shoot people or whatever. And it's this actually guy, super this, progressive. It's about <laughs> gay marriage and polygamy. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and workers' and, rights. <laughs> not to mention the sort of like the class character of this. Um, yeah. But, so this this Italian uh, bioscientist uh, has created a virus that will, that can be like. DNA targeted to kill a person. Like he's invented yeah. the heart attack gun. Right. Uh, the, yeah. a, a plot point that has been used to much worse effect in the movie uh, No Time to Die. And <laughs> you, have, you have to kill him, yeah. kill his lab partner, destroy the virus, and exfiltrate. And then it just dumps you in this town square. And you're in the middle of this, this small town, and just like, okay, the house, the big sort of mansion house where like at least one of these people is in is over there. We don't know where mm -hmm. the lab is. Somewhere. Just mm -hmm. you know, fuck around. Find out. Yep. Um, and yep. uh, we've yeah. got up top. You know, initially one of the very first things you hear is this lady telling her coworker that he's going to be late for work. So you yes. can go yep. pursue Rocco. that immediately. Uh, Rocco, a... Rocco, Rocco, <laughs> you're going to be late for work, Rocco. <laughs> and he he doesn't want to go to work because he's too busy gaming. He hasn't even put pants right. on. I mean, right. that's, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it's always good to cater to your audience in these things. Um, <laughs> and he's just like me for real. Well, and the, it caters to me because on the other side you have two florists who ran over a bicyclist. And right. that's that's basically me. Oh, every yeah? day of yeah. my life. Yeah. Oh, okay, just cool. Uh, driving over Brian's bicycles, delivering flowers. <laughs> Noted guy who loves driving in cities, Brian yes. Alford. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. I'm all about Brian. Is that a wig you have on? <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of looks wait. like it today, but uh... <laughs> suspicious um, ability to podcast better than like <laughs> yeah. almost anyone. The Sapienza or World of Tomorrow, uh, as this level is titled, is what's called by the developers a snail house now uh, again just to go I back love to this that. phrase I love yeah. snail house just go, call it a shell well to go back to that um, no clip video it's a snail house is described as a more circular design where the objectives lie in the center with the player encouraged to explore around it via the surrounding public spaces to discover various ways in Right. And yeah. because of that spiral, it will inevitably lead you to the center. Right. Like no matter yeah. which route you take, you'll eventually find yourself in the lab where the virus is being developed. And yeah. it's such smart level design. It's, like It's very clever the way that they make spaces because there's except for some bathrooms, not all. There's no place where you have one way in. There is always right. another door out of any given space. And right. so that means they all have to interconnect with each other. And it becomes this sort of like knotted up sort of uh, bloodborne type world that you're in. It gives you like so much flexibility to to move the targets like yourself as well, mm -hmm. which is a mm -hmm. thing that I really right. like. You can sort of like you can force them to move like chess. Uh, you can like there are certain actions you can take. You can like call them on the phone pretending to be someone else and they will come down and meet you. Um, mm -hmm. You can like lure them into different places um, mm -hmm. and sort of like a, a more scripted way than you can guards who you might have to distract by like throwing stuff and waiting for them to go like, huh, what's that? Yeah, um, right. I, I really like that. And then you have the sort of the, like the center of this this snail house is your non your sort of non movable objective, which is to destroy this virus. To me, right. this is like 
this is a problem that I would I like articulate with Sapienza in that you're meant to be replaying this a bunch of times. You can yeah. change the way in which you you kill any number of the targets, but you can't mm. really change. There's like two ways to approach this: a kind of yeah. a stealthier one, a less stealthy one. It's always in the same place. You can't really right. do anything differently, and you mm. have to do it every time. And that really sort of like. Um, sort of like funnels you at the end yeah and and there's something about the nature of the snail house the fact that it is the thing that you get to at the end that means Mm -hmm. that oftentimes you're like oh god damn it i have to destroy the fucking virus again so our targets Mm -hmm. are silvio caruso who uh was a stem cell researcher who is now who also was a client of 47s and you can see the mission where he is your client uh in a in one of the alternate sapienza stages he is leading this project for the dna virus then you have Francesca DeSantis, who is uh, the wife of Governor of Florida Ron DeSantis, uh, a real <laughs> yeah, and who is cucking him at work as well. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah. a real fan of viruses, mm-hmm. and she is the she is the lab head. She is the one working for the company that is that is uh, uh, funding all of this. While Silvio Caruso is providing like the lab space and the genius and know how to to make it. Yep, mm-hmm. and she she's sort of ambitious. He's neurotic. Yep. Uh, and, yep. and the two have this sort of like tension where they do not trust each other fully over the manufacturing of this virus that you can exploit. Ultimately, you can exploit it to the point of uh, showing DeSantis whether truly or not that um, that he's going to kill her. And so she yeah. has to like have him right. killed in self-defense. Um, yeah, and they are both trying to kill each other. It's it's one, they, they do this in a couple mm-hmm. other levels. It's one yeah. of my favorite things to find out because you can social engineer them to, to like actually do it. And Absolutely. the mechanic yeah. that's used to make those sorts of things unfold is something called mission stories, which we haven't really talked mm-hmm. about yet. This right. is something that the developers have put into the game to give you a way in so that you can manipulate the world through interactions that are sort of pre-built storylines, much like an adventure game, that you can yeah. interact with in your own way if you don't want to do an elimination with just the raw mechanics. And it also helps tell yeah. the story. Yeah, and that's something I desperately needed to get into Hitman, were these mission Same. stories. And <laughs> uh, apparently in the alpha build of Paris, there were no mission stories, and players were like, I don't know what to do. There's so many options. I don't oh, yeah. know what path to take. You can turn these off, but it's like it, it's overwhelming, especially yeah. if yeah. you've never played yeah. that level before. It's, it's really... Mm. Even in the UI of Hitman 2016, it's a little hard to get the the mission stories fully figured out. I think they they made it even clearer in Hitman, and they they narrowed it down. There's not like six of them. There's like three or right, two right. or four. Uh, Sapienza has nineteen mission stories. <laughs> nineteen. <laughs> it's so many. It's, it's one of the reasons why I love it so much is because no yeah. one was like limiting them yet. They weren't like no, right. W- w- what I would say, right. Is between this and the sort of episodic content release, which Sapienza was also just an episode. This came right. out in isolation. You were just meant to play this as like a slice and then do the next one. Yeah, um, right. It, uh, what I would say is that between the mission stories, the episode release, unless you're being racist, IO Interactive, <laughs> listen to the fans less. Please, listen to me less. Yeah, I don't know wind. what I'm talking about. Do what you want, because this, mm-hmm. this thing is pure Baroque, right? It's like... Yeah. We're going to add all of the details that we can. We're going to add absolutely everything that we want to into this, uh, just for the sake of doing it. 
Uh, like, for instance, you can, um, there's an apartment across from Rocco's apartment that you've been using Rocco! as a safe house. Rocco! <laughs> <laughs> the, the game doesn't tell you this. It just, you get yeah. in there because you already have a key. Uh, and yeah. you see the, like, sleeping bag on the floor. And just in the kitchen, 47 has been cooking up an explosive golf ball. The game <laughs> yeah. does not acknowledge this at all. It's no, it just, just sits you, there on the table and it just says explosive, explosive golf ball. And That's it gives it. you the prompt yeah. to pick it up. Yeah, uh, and you, you, you drop it in the guy's... Uh, uh, thing of golf balls, he hits it, explodes. Perfect. It's just, it, <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know how long that took to add, but it's never sort of acknowledged in any way at all. You can play the whole game, never have any idea that this exists, and yeah. yet it's yeah. in there. And so, yeah, l listen to people less. Just do what you want. And do I, I, have, I, I have a question about this that I could not figure out. So mm -hmm. I, I did my Sapienza run, and it turned out, it turned into a, uh, a comedic run, uh, not intentionally, but I, I, piled like 12 NPCs that I had to knock out because more of them just kept discovering bodies uh, faster than <laughs> I could like actually handle it. And uh, I just decided to kind of roam around since my initial plan was just so dashed. And I kept finding these inflatable crocodiles oh, yeah. that mm -hmm. you could pop and get in it like a little thing for. Does yeah, that did you get lead anywhere? No, no, I couldn't no, that's find just the it. last two. Okay. That's, a, uh, that's just fun. a thing unto itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Some challenge reward. Some of, yes. Some of them are just like, hey, we put a thing in and we want you to notice it. So we made it a challenge. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just like, opened a bathroom and there was a crocodile sitting in the tub staring <laughs> at me. And I was just like, well, I have to kill this. But it's back to the sense of humor of the game and how it wants you yeah. to explore the world and have fun with it. And then also, yeah. I love that the crocodiles appear in other places yeah. later. They're yeah, like, well, we developed that. it. We might as well just put it in the resort. Yeah, like, there's we one might in, as well put it over here. There's one in the pool in Marrakesh. There's another yeah. one at Haven Island later on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like comedy is this like beautiful tool to make reusing your own assets something that makes the player smile, which is like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, what sort of like alchemy is going on there to make that happen? Yeah. And like uh, like the expired can of spaghetti sauce it always shows up yep. in logical places like this house in New Zealand that's been mostly abandoned but it first shows up here in Sapienza when you're in the kitchen and and uh uh, Silvio is like, you need to make my mother's recipe. I, you, you fucking asshole. You need to make the food exactly right, just like my dead mother, who he murdered, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah. And is haunted by her ghost? And when you ghost? go into the pantry, you find out that it's just like Chef Boyardee, and you just dump it in, and because it's expired, he'll end up throwing up, right. and then you can throw him over the cliff. I, yeah, that, it's a free poison, because, which is it's great. Yeah. It's so funny, because, it, yeah, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and what I love about that, too, I mean, going just for a second, going to like the kitchen and things you can find in the kitchen, things you can find in these different places. I love a game where the pickups that are available in different places are what you would expect to find there. This yeah. is another thing that uh, Hitman has in common with some of the greatest immersive sims uh, like name them. Uh, Name the greatest immersive sins. Well, I'd love to, uh, AJ. You've yeah. got Deus Ex, you've got Thief, mm. and you've got Thief to the Metal Age. Um, yeah. also, also, Prey, Prey, Prey does this. Yeah. Like, if you're in the kitchen, what are you going to find in the kitchen? You're going to find food, you're going to find rat poison, you're going to find, you know, knives, you're going to find cleavers. What yeah. are you going to find in uh, in a garage? You're going to find uh, gasoline yeah. canisters. You're going to find wrench. wrenches. You, you know, a shovel. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that was one of the first times I was like, oh, the game is actually clicking because I'm not just memorizing things in a level. I go into a new level and I'm like, I want to get some rat poison. 
let's find the low like the basement find level. the basement there will find be, the kitchen or a shed yeah. just the working class they got the poison yeah. right you know <laughs> and like in, in previous hitman games they would do uh, they had a thing called instinct mode which they still have in this yep. um yep. and the the deal with instinct mode is it's it's hitman vision it's batman's detective vision yep. from like yep. every batman game uh wait i'm sorry the they have a what mode there's an instinct mode, mode in this in, game yes that's when you hold down the control key it what? doesn't slow time no no it's it's for aj it's when you hold down the r one key. You have never seen the red outlines around. I never. I never used this mechanic. <laughs> oh shit! Christ Not Almighty, once. AJ. No wonder you were in trouble. Oh, oh my god! You, you can turn it off, right? Or just not know it exists. Um, yeah. Maybe the tutorial uh, sure is not can, comprehensive. Um, sure fucking can. It, it doesn't slow anything down. It used to do that. In Absolution, it actually showed enemies yeah. like footpaths ahead of it's them. It's also which like was really, how mm. you snuck too. Like like yeah. everyone would be an enforcer if they were in the same job class as you. So you had to use instinct to like yeah, walk really by them. And, and Agent Forty Seven would like scratch his eyebrow with his head down. That's how you knew yeah, he was so being which, which isn't fun. So they got over. rid of it. Which is great yeah. yeah it was also and perishable like you had a limit to how much oh you could do God. it yeah. <laughs> so inst in instead of that it just like highlights stuff that you that might be useful like you know the thing mm. balanced precariously over the guy's yep. head or whatever but yeah. you don't need that to play the game you don't need that to find things because it's teaching you to like think about this and right. like mm -hmm. sort of like uh, like read the level design through like opportunities for violence so you can be like oh electricians not only am i going to get an electrician disguise here i'm probably going to get a screwdriver for right. instance mm -hmm. or like a battery right. or something like that yeah this um, guy might have a key this guy might have a key card uh, mm -hmm. something like that but it's also like the, when i think about like detective vision i always think about the bat vision from like the rocksteady arkham games right yeah, yeah. and yeah. you you need that detective vision to play those games because nothing is like lit in the environment like you have to it, too dark. It's banking on you to actually use the detective vision to play the game, but me not knowing that this was a mechanic, uh, the game just taught me how to find things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm well, going to go back and play the games with the instinct now. The, th the thing about the Batman movies, uh, Batman movies, the Batman games, is that <laughs> yeah. they're, um, well, the Batman movies too, I guess, is that they're about uh, a capitalist beating up proletarians. Right. Whereas yeah, right. Uh, the Hitman games are about you as a proletarian uh, killing capitalists. Yes. So. Yeah. But also, I, I do want to say Agent 47 is no friend to his fellow worker. No, no, he's because not. Because you, no. you get to kill the elites by by seriously hurting fellow workers. Yes. Chefs, waiters, the lowliest of these are all knocked over the head with a crowbar at the at the, at the quickest opportunity. <laughs> the slightest provocation. Or by a, by a homing suitcase that you heave over your head and just fucking locks onto your target. That's my yeah. favorite mechanic in the entire game, is the oh, homing yeah. suitcase. Yeah. So, like, I think it speaks to the lighting, though, because of course Batman's dark, because, you know, yeah. he, he yeah. uses the dark to his advantage. Hitman, you barely ever use shadow to your advantage. Yeah. You barely ever yeah. use yeah. that. It's all just sort of, like, beautifully lit and well-lit environments, because it's a yeah. game about getting into, like, rich people's fancy spaces and fucking them up. And yep. one of the big things that you can do this is, like, with the social qualities of this character. So when you follow Silvio around, you start to find what his problems yes. are. And mm. you can hear, mm. you can overhear conversations with, with the butler or the guards out front. And it turns out this guy's mom died right. two years ago. And mm. last year he saw her ghost and passed out. And all of these things factor into certain VIPs that you can become, like the, uh, the psychologist or whoever. 
where you can get him to admit to killing his mother or you can drive mm. him insane by making him think the ghost is back right. or you can uh, throw a VHS tape and a little video and he'll just watch it and you can uh, cut his throat with a circumcision knife. <laughs> For yeah. some reason, <laughs> in the body of like a a plague doctor, yeah, You're fucking yeah. cool. Like it just yeah. gives you it, it. That's another thing. So many good outfits in this level. So yeah. many good outfits. Thirty five of them. So oh, many, many yeah. great like <laughs> options to do stuff that they put in just because they thought it would look cool, and and yeah. generally it does. Um, yeah. Alice, I'm curious, like, what are your favorite uh, assassinations that you can pull off in Sapienza? Oh, my favorite assassination that I can pull off in Sapienza is probably the one where you kill DeSantis by, like, making use of the lab's biosecurity protocol. Um, mm -hmm. So the, the lab is, like, constantly flooded with incredibly toxic gas in order to, like, kill the virus if it escapes. Right. Um, so you have to have a hazmat suit to, to get in there. And so the most sort of, like... Acme cartoons thing that you can do, right? <laughs> she is your roadrunner in this moment, right? Is you can destroy mm -hmm. the virus, she comes down to the lab, uh, and then you, Wily e. Coyote, turn off <laughs> the uh, the hazmat, uh, turn off the like the gas so it's safe right. for her mm -hmm. to be in there. She walks mm -hmm. in, goes, what the fuck is up with this? Starts berating people because, you know, this is a game about bosses. And yeah. then mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you just hit the button to turn the gas back on while she's in there without a suit on and walk for the exit. You don't even have to look back. It's beautiful. Yep. And it's yeah. like, it's it's funny. It's elegant. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it sort of like exploits her hubris and her sort of like the, the stuff that you found out about her that she's quite domineering towards her subordinates. Yep. You can just right. put all of that stuff together uh, and just make it as easy as pushing a button on a console yeah. because you have set everything else up for you to do that. And I, I really like that. That's my favorite by far. The thing about the lab now to pull it back in, right, yeah. is mm. that is the mm. last objective, obviously. Something that's fun about doing the assassination that way is you can take care of the virus and of uh DeSantis at the same time, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yep. you always have to destroy that virus at the end. And like you were saying, Alice, there's really just a couple ways you can do it. You can go and like use like there's a little console that you can overheat from the outside or the inside yep. to make it happen. Yep. Or mm -hmm. you can just shoot the vial, uh, which you can uh, do from yeah. a distance or up close or whatever it is that you want. But Either right. way, there is another one that's linked to a story mission that I think is fun because it mm. incorporates the church and you can find oh. a scientist like mm. doing confession because another scientist has just died in the lab. Yeah, workplace right. injury. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This guy shook hands with danger. Well, this workplace yeah. is clearly not OSHA approved either. <laughs> and you yes, can steal yeah. the like the 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 outfit, but she has a dongle that is uh, oh, yeah, destroy right. the virus dongle. Right, 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 some right. women do, you know, let's yeah. not make a big thing of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but th it, there is that piece there too I suppose about like a guilt which is interesting yeah. guilt plays a major yeah. role in this catholic guilt specifically yeah, she, she yep. has a whole mm -hmm. like a whole personality that they have written in just to be able to facilitate this one single yeah. uh, solution in the yeah. level the, mm -hmm. the lead writer of all the of, uh, of every game in this trilogy said like the the joke inside the studio is that they build these incredibly complex characters yeah. that have these deep rich emotional lives and like wants and needs and then they kill them off at the end of the episode yeah. and have to yeah. start over all over again <laughs> yeah 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 it must be genuinely very satisfying to write in that way I, oh I, yeah I, I suspect and it's, to continue to sort of fill in the gaps and be like what's another thing that we can yeah, find out about this person over it, here it's another thing yeah. that sort of the episodic structure works quite quite well for it as well right is mm -hmm. 
one of the things that I really like about Sapienza is in the same way to Knives Out 2, and we'll talk about Knives Out 1 later, I suspect. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. The, <laughs> we sure will. The, the setting, like, it speaks to whimsy because it's very much like, fuck it, let's do a white telephone sort of like still kind of 1960s Italy. Uh, yeah. yeah. We just feel like it. Let's just do one of those. And so that that feeling of, I feel like doing setting X is mm-hmm. like, not every Hitman level has it, but the ones mm-hmm. that do, and Sapienza is sort of the preeminent of them, that really is something yeah. that I enjoy. My one favorite thing about Sapienza is this one thing that is totally hidden away, doesn't even have a challenge attached to it directly, mm. but, you know, as you find these characters, Francesco DeSantis, she's spying on Silvio. He's very paranoid. He thinks she's spying on her on him, and it turns out she is, and she later even makes the decision in a phone call with the bosses that she's gonna kill him somewhere down the line. Yeah, she makes she makes that decision while standing yeah. in a sort of like ankle deep puddle of water that you yes. can electrify. By the way, every every single hitman target flirts with death about so ten funny. times a second. Yeah. Um, there's a private investigator she can meet with. You can either steal his identity or let her meet with him. If you mm-hmm. do, you'll find out that Silvio Caruso hired him to get like the DNA of his high school bullies so mm-hmm. that he can take them out with the DNA virus. You later find out because he is spying on her that he, because she is spying on him, he is spying on her. He has grabbed DNA from her and is engineering a virus to kill her. Wild. What you, it doesn't, it's already engineered. It's, it's, it it doesn't acknowledge this as you say, but it's hidden in a sort of like little boat model in one room. Totally. You can shoot the boat, break it open. And there Mm -hmm. is a vial of the virus that you can just throw and it won't hurt anyone else, but as the like gas comes out of it, it'll get her sick and she will die. Oh, There's no other awesome. death like this in the entire the series. Oh, that kills you amazing. Instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. It- it is just no yeah. time to die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. This is a small thing about James Bond, but mm. like, but it's the perfect time. It turns out in that movie, it's the perfect time to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that's when he fucking dies. So like, <laughs> Ideal time to die. Yeah, Quite the a lot ideal of time, time to die, actually. Specific time to die. So Sapienza oh. is an excellent example of, you know, taking lots of different moving pieces in a massive world, giving you all of the tools and all of the stories and all of the everything you could possibly want to yeah. generate basically infinite narratives. The next yeah. level that we're going to look at is an example of doing pretty much the exact opposite thing, keeping it yeah. as tight and focused as possible for the sake of orienting players in how to play the game. This is Hawk's Bay which is the first level of Hitman 2. My tutorial. AJ's tutorial. This was the thing for me as well. That was just like, now I understand what the game is doing. Now I Mm -hmm. really finally have figured it out because it's walked me through it. And then I played Hitman 1 levels and they're harder than Hitman 2 and 3 levels. And I was still like, oh, I can't do this quite yet. I'll just play Hitman 2 levels right now. So (laughs) this level is called Night Call. And uh, the way that it's set up is basically Agent 47 is out on the case again. Yeehaw, here he goes. Um, Just and, like that. Agent Detective 47 is following up on some plot threads. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's this thing, there's this militia that you're going after at this point. And so you are going after sort of the heads of this militia, who it turns out the militia was manipulating you to some of the contracts you did in Hitman 1. Right. I feel like mm-hmm. that's the simplest way of putting mm-hmm. it. So Hitman uh, rolls up, Agent 47 himself rolls up in a little skiff. Uh, well, he floats up in a little skiff. It doesn't have wheels yeah. on it. It's a fucking boat uh, wearing a wetsuit. And... Mm. 
one of the strokes of genius of what this level does immediately is that there are no other characters anywhere. There are no No, NPCs, enemy or otherwise. Basically, you realize, oh, okay, like I am now being given permission to explore the whole space in the way that I want. But right. the level itself is designed in such a way that none of the house, because you're, you're you're going into basically this like island beach house, the temporary home of your target, mm-hmm. none of it is actually accessible to you at the very beginning. And so yeah. you learn a number of things. You learn how to crouch and move. You learn how to disable security cameras. You, mm-hmm. you learn how to use items to interact with the world. You have to go pick up mm-hmm. a screwdriver and use it to yep. rewire a garage door opener. Or shoot open a vase and grab a key. Right. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. options. You've got yep. options. But yep. yeah. um, it's also then teaching you mechanically that this is a game about infiltration to some extent. Yes. You are going to yeah. do this as part of the journey of the game. Yeah. And even if you played through Hitman 1 and you're good at it, it shows you the changes that they have made for Hitman 2. Right. Like cameras actually do something now. You also have the ability to start setting up the assassination ahead of time if you want. You can like poison some ingredients for drinks. You can you can set up various booby traps like Yeah, it just gives you a bunch of weapons. Like you see the <laughs> you see this safe room that you're able to open up and it's just full of grenades right. and ninja stars <laughs> and Yeah, guns. And it's just like have fun with it you know exactly. Which yeah. is, it's a great thing for, for for a game to tell you in its tutorial uh, and then yeah. after you've had time to poke around then it introduces uh, guards and your targets mm-hmm. and even right. then there's only like maybe a dozen of them this is yeah it like by far the smallest level and it, it's mm-hmm. it's quite close it's quite compact in a way that i really like because these people are at home. They think mm-hmm. yeah. that they're safe. Yeah. Exactly. You're following them around, being, you know, experiencing their sort of domestic routine. It's them getting back after a boring party, doing yeah. some, like, doing a boring work call, which is because they're assassins arranging yeah. assassination. They, they kidnapped right. the family of, like, the CEO of Amazon in yeah. this universe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ha- having, having a drink to unwind and then, like, brushing yep. their teeth and going to bed. And you, like, follow all of this through and you, like, try and decide where you want to, sort of, like, make your incision as it were and what's cool about it too is that because they think they're safe but you know it's actually been infiltrated the whole level until you get a suit is a danger zone which is something they tried to do again in colorado to much less effect yeah why this works so well is that it's baked into sort of the plot line of what it is you're trying to do and you Mm -hmm. immediately feel that sense of danger but the patrol routes and so forth are set up in a way where it's both challenging and rewarding. And that yeah. challenge reward dynamic is just not there in Colorado, which we're not going to talk about extensively. This, this is like a, this is a refining of Colorado's stuff. To, yeah. I think a very fine sheen. I mean, my favorite part about the level is that you could go through a window and step on a rubber duck and it just fucks you completely over. Yeah. And there are actually I, I found I've only found two rubber ducks so far, but there's one in the window and then there's one by the bedside. And my yeah. most satisfying well, and in kill, this level, they're Kiwis. Mm. Oh, that's right, because we're in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you can replace uh, my favorite kill that I've ever done in this level is I replaced the rubber uh, kiwi by the bed with an explosive rubber duck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so they think they're I safe. Didn't, I didn't Mm-mm. know you could do that. See, this yeah. is the yeah. great thing yeah. about this game. Is yeah. that, like, I think every single one of us will have come away from this with like something we didn't know just from talking yeah. to other people. Like, yeah. that's yeah. incredible. It's a ba- it's a perfect like schoolyard game. Like, this is the yeah. kind of 
yeah, game. Like yeah. if you would just go and be like, so what'd you do last yep. night? Oh, yeah, if you I, shoot the boat, there's a virus in there. You yep, know, like, yep. what? Yeah. No, no, fuck no, that you. Can't that's be. Yeah. Yeah. I have an uncle in IO in Copenhagen. <laughs> <laughs> we don't visit him on Christmas anymore. <laughs> the other thing that I love about the way that they set this up too is that there's so many ways that you can do the elimination. We've we've mentioned a few of yeah. these because again, Alma basically what she does is she takes a drink, she turns in for the night, you know, she yeah. takes like a, a shower beforehand or something. Um, the drink is funny too because it's the one random element in this yes. level. Yeah, because you, you, you can poison her poison honey. It. You can poison her time. honey, you can poison her sugar, but she might choose the other thing. Right. Yeah. She, it's random whether she'll choose honey or sugar. I don't think that happens at any other point in, in the series. It's just a fun little thing they throw in That's there. That's what makes for a great fucking game is when you yeah. can do emergent things through the mechanics that are allowed by the developers for the sake of giving you that opportunity. Yeah. Like, that's what mm -hmm. I love about Hawk's Base so much in general is that there's training wheels up until the guards arrive. Right. And then yeah. after that, training wheels are off. You got to figure yeah. this shit out for yourself. Have fun. And it's, and it's still so simple that figuring it out is not intimidating. Yes. It's yeah. like, okay, I, there's a set number of patterns that I have to look at. Alma Reynard, her whole thing is fully scripted beginning to end. She's not in a loop. She doesn't have any proximity trigger type things. There's no other costume where you go up and talk to her about stuff. It's mm -hmm. just these simple things. If she's in danger, she'll run to the safe room. And then there are a couple things where she'll run out onto the beach and maybe even run straight out into the water and do like the ending of Death Stranding until she drops. Rounds. Um, but <laughs> whoa, what? Really? Yeah, she I didn't know do that. that. But like so much of this can be so much more simple. And there's like these really funny little conversations they're having with each other about the people they killed and the mm. fact that the guards are only out patrolling the beach because their dog got out <laughs> and their dog is some just <laughs> massive beast that's killing all the sheep nearby. <laughs> Orson is really mad that the uh, home AI hasn't been able to remember his name. <laughs> right. Yeah. It yeah, still it's remembers sort of the ex-boyfriend. She won't update it. Right, yes, likes, right. Like, sort of like humiliating him a little bit every time they come in. Where it's like, welcome home, Alma, and guest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh. it's, it's such a great little character moment for both of them, really. Yeah. They're, they're, they're fantastically drawn characters. You, you get also like the TV that you can watch and get some exposition on what's been going on between the two games. It's just a delight. It's just a really, really nice little level. And, and for my money, like, honestly, I would even prefer this to the large levels as much as I love the the audacity of them it's just mm -hmm. like if there were twice as many just small tiny levels like mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it would be perfect it, it would be just for me me and my little toys little kind of doll's house yes. yeah <laughs> I, I, my favorite thing about finishing this level specifically because with the tut the main tutorial on the boat like you have a very like uh, set number of things that you can do and they're all pretty straightforward but mm -hmm. when I played Hawks Bay and I finished and I looked at the challenges I was like you can do what yeah like, <laughs> you can climb on the roof and like poison everybody through the air ducts mm -hmm. like you can there's a there's a you send them to a panic room and then blow the like roof off there and snipe them through the top there like it's there's just uh, the possibilities are endless there's a driftwood weapon that i still haven't figured out how to use really but like is yeah, you there just if hit you want with it yeah well and that's yeah. not even getting into the escalation which takes in place takes place inside of uh, orson's nightmare where you show yeah. up as a spooky jack-o-lantern guy and knock him out with a spooky bat <laughs> the this series also does these things called elusive targets that i'm not the biggest fan of because it's just yeah. like a thing shows up if you have the slightest failure it's closed off to you they've kind of remedied that 
that with the arcade mode that they have now. Mm-hmm. But even Hawks Bay, they were like, well, it's so small. Let's redesign the whole thing to, uh, story-wise to just fit the elusive target. And I think they have a very clever little level there that's totally populated by different characters. And wow. I think Anne's worth talking about elusive targets yes. specifically. Yes. Yeah. They, sure, they yeah. brought this in as part of sort of like the time-limited version of the, the Netflix thing, right? Is yeah. uh, mm. th- this target like appears, there's a new sort of like bonus mini level set in the same place as the main story level. It's live for like some period, like a week or whatever. Yeah. Um, mm. And you get one try at the mission. If you die, then you just die and you can't like repeat it again. Yeah. If you die in the game, wow. you die in real life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. They kill you. Palmer yeah. Lucky comes to your house and fits you with the like <laughs> Oculus Rift with the explosive charges. Um, I, oh no, he's got a spooky bat. <laughs> I I I kind of had mixed feelings about this because I could see what they were going for, but um, I, I felt sort of antithetical to this game that like was about replayability and about yeah. like yeah, trying yeah. a bunch of different things to see what worked. Uh, yeah. And so you know, I'm 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 kind of glad that they reversed themselves. What I really want them to do is just like reactivate all of them so you can yes. just like replay them at your yeah, leisure. But, yeah, yeah, kill yeah. Gary Busey. I and want all to that kill Gary Busey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Sean Bean, which <laughs> yes. was I think probably the funniest sort of like idea for a sort of, like absolutely meta textual <laughs> cameo in this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I've yeah. never seen them do. Can um, you behead him? Can you actually like fully behead Sean Bean? <laughs> I don't think you can behead Sean Bean. I don't think they have the no. facilities for that, which That's is a true. shame. Yeah, yeah, and there's no beheading in the game. But you, there is that um, broadsword that you can use to like yeah. slice people in the middle of the head. Um, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The thing about elusive targets, too, is that they're always sort of, unless it's like Hawk's Bay, where they pretty much redesign the whole level to accommodate the elusive target. Mm. There's a situation where everything else in the main game still continues to happen alongside the elusive target. It's the same, so it doesn't feel new or fresh. I actually uh, streamed in prep for this episode. I streamed some Hitman, uh, Mm. and we went in and uh, played whatever the elusive target was that week, and he was hiding out in Marrakesh. And I hadn't mm. played oh, yeah. the it's, night. It's the guy with the face tattoos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Giggles. Mm. And I hadn't played the <laughs> night version of Marrakesh before. And oh, so yeah. uh, I ended up going down the road of basically trying to eliminate the main targets in the way that the mission stories had outlined because I wasn't familiar with that story. And oh, so, so finally, you were just following. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. I was like, Chad, help me out. Like, what the hell is going on here? And he was like, yeah, that's <laughs> that guy is connected to the main target, not the elusive target. Like, you're going to get nowhere doing this. It's one of those ideas that I think is fun ish, but would be a lot more fun if they really committed to it. But also you kind of can't commit to it if it's only a limited yeah. exclusive run thing. So, right. Yeah. So Hawks Bay really, I think for a lot of people who maybe had no familiarity with, with Hitman before, like AJ or people who are bad at games like me <laughs> was the way in to be like, this is how it works. Right. You can hide in grass now too. Like that—that yep. that helps things. That's out. huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's huge. And it's like th- here are all of the little pieces. Now go forth to the next levels and figure all of them out. And we will go forth to our next levels uh, right after a quick break. Greetings, fellow thespians. It is I, Mortimer Montgomery Morton the Third. The best immersive theater actor since Ignatius Incognito. An actor so immersive that while playing the titular role in the Lindbergh Baby musical, he disappeared entirely. Lovers of the stage! Are you hungry for meteor roles? Do you find yourself auditioning for the same 
boring things over and over again. Do you want to explore the lucrative and life-affirming world of immersive theatre? Then join the best acting troupe this side of Redacted. The ICA Acting Troupe. With the ICA Acting Troupe, you'll get to play all the most sought-after parts. Roles as varied and diverse as a butler, literal Santa, and a giant murderous flamingo. So join the ICA Acting Troupe today, and you can be like me, Mortimer Montgomery Morton III, or should I say, Chef Boyardee, Chef to the Stars. Now I might look like an ordinary Chef to the Stars, but don't be fooled. I'm an actor playing a chef. So how about I whip us up some nice omelettes, huh? Now where the devil is my frying pan? Oh, my panache! Hello, it's me, the guy who was talking before. Don't worry about that sound from before. After all, you can't make an omelette without cracking a few eggs. Chef, mon ami, they are really putting our service to the test out there. Sacre bleu! Ooh, I am Gérard de Bascrude! Bonjour, it is me, the French waiter, or whatever. Can I interest you in some creme pat? It's to die for. Oi! What's all this then? Oh, oh blimey! Alright, just going to lock the door here. Good. Now that we're alone, can I ask you something? What's it like to be happy? I feel like I've forgotten. My days feel like an endless cycle of death. A relentless wheel of murder and staring meaningfully out of windows. But there was a time when there was a spark of something inside me that felt maybe not happy, but better. Somehow, I was part of an acting company, the director of which was an active war criminal and inflatable crocodile fetishist who died under mysterious circumstances involving an inflatable crocodile. My infiltration started easily enough, interacting with my fellow actors, ending every conversation with break a leg, or I'm going to slay this part, or when standing next to a loose wire near the lighting board, indicating that my favorite theater game was zip, zap, zop. But during one of our rehearsals, my target, the director, gave one of his many speeches singing the praises of Stella Adler and the squishy, squeaky feeling of an inflatable crocodile between your thighs. But this time, he stopped, cleaned his glasses and said, the art of acting isn't about inhabiting another person. It's about becoming more of yourself. And as I donned my costume to play the titular role in the Lindbergh Baby musical, I looked in the mirror and saw not a grown man in a bonnet and blue onesie, but rather, I saw myself. And I remember feeling for the first time, not passive indifference or outright disgust, but warmth in my chest. Is that what happiness feels like, listeners? I want to feel it again. I want to start again. Please, somebody, let me start again. I don't want to kill anymore. I want to be a baby again. I want to be a baby again. 
I want to be a baby again. Ugh! Is somebody screaming about a baby in here? Ooh! Ugh! Ooh! Ah! So join the acting troupe that puts the A in ICA. The ICA acting troupe. It's curtains for you. Uh, I'm having Sprite hmm? with grenadine. Ooh. Just a little Shirley Temple. No big deal. <laughs> I really thought it was just going to I'm having Sprite. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 like, I, questioning I, intonation. Having Sprite? Red Sprite. Mm. I was looking at a different tab, and all I heard was... I have Sprite, and then just <laughs> profound silence, like, oh god, did my feed cut out? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this the, the supermarket near me uh, is a yeah. lot like Costco, right? They like have to have their own brand of stuff. Um, and so, sure. mm -hmm. instead of sparkling water, they've decided they needed a specifically Italian sparkling water to imitate San Pellegrino. Okay. Oh, of course, so of I have course. Sure. something Ooh. called San Celestino, which... <laughs> <laughs> Does it's it, a hitman it, level. Yeah, exactly. Does it yeah. Yeah. I pulled this off of a shelf in Sapienza, oh, and it helpfully informs yeah. me with a little Italian flag on there that it is both sparkling right. and frizzante. That's awesome. Does it have like the little foil top on it that you have to peel oh, God, off no, and everything they don't too? Have the budget for that. <laughs> this is right, it's purely right. like um, sort of like legally not affiliated with San Pellegrino. Sure. I uh, I have this. Ex I got this expired uh, tomato sauce uh, from Sapienza, so Ooh, yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. some tasty nudes after this. That's where yep. I got my red Sprite. <laughs> Um, sprite code red is that, that would be? exactly exactly. Well, I think they do make a cranberry a sprite around like mm. the holidays, so mm, I think that might actually come an out red. Concept to me. Anyway, isn't it? Yeah. We're back. We're <laughs> back. Yeah. Um, so we spent our time at the end of the first half talking about the beginning of Hitman Two. Uh, in the course of Hitman Two, there's some story things that sort of kind of happen. The leader of the militia ends up becoming your bud. It turns out you were at the Romanian orphanage where they did all the lab experiments. Oh my God, they were roommates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. They're kind of it. It's interesting because there is like yeah. this sort of brotherly, but maybe it's a little more close than brotherly mm. connection between them. Yeah, the way the writer describes it is that um, Diana Burnwood is your conscience, is Agent 47's conscience, yeah. and uh, that Mr. Gray is, in fact, his emotions. Mm. So Okay, so so Diana is Jiminy Cricket, Gray is the Blue Fairy. <laughs> Who's Stromboli in all of this? Uh, <laughs> me. <laughs> we, we should talk Diana. about Diana a little bit as well, too, because yeah. she's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you want to be reductive, she's your mum, both in terms of character and in terms of, of player, right? Because she's the one who points at some rich dipshit and goes, that is rich that. dipshit. That! <laughs> yeah. 47. It's one of those things, too, where they definitely, like, I don't think it intended to start as a trope, but then they clearly leaned into it because of how much yeah. people loved it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a standard thing for stealth games because I think it's kind of a standard thing for spy stuff, right? You're going to have Otacon in your sure. ear or yeah. Master Miller or mm -hmm. whoever the guys are in Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell series. Um, right. Lambert, yes. Yes, God. Lambert. You could, also, you could also compare her to M. Mm -hmm. um, she's she's uh -huh. not maybe quite as powerful necessarily or as well connected as M in, in, yeah. in the 007 universe, but she's, again, similar kind of character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she She's there yeah. to give you, yeah, sort of, sort of wry humor. Yeah, like someone falls off of a balcony, and she says, 
Well, I guess he lost his balance or right, something. Right. But like the big thing that you find out in uh, over the course of Hitman 2 is that the guy who was leading the militia, who was kind of your enemy at the end of Hitman 1, the beginning of Hitman 2, he's your friend. He's subject number six, whereas you were 47. Your mm-hmm. memory got erased. His didn't. Who knows how many dads he has? Mm-hmm. Whose That's children impossible. are they? He's got dads on there. He's got a beard and he's got hair. So like, you know, one of yeah. them was not bald. Different dads. <laughs> right. Yeah, because we yeah. know that there were like clones of 47 in previous games, but they're also like cue balls. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also the more emotions that you lose, the balder you get. <laughs> That's just <laughs> I, I, I've sort of found from like investigating guys on Twitter that the opposite is generally true, but no. <laughs> So Lucas Gray, subject number six, the militia leader, this guy is leading a whole charge against these guys called Providence, who are the Freemasons. Um, And so the leaders of Providence are all going to be meeting at this one place. You've had this little thing with one of the dudes leading the whole Romanian orphanage thing. You've killed him in Vermont. And I do want to take a moment to talk about that level as well. Mm. Um, Not in extensive detail or anything, but just to point up. Yes. Whittleton Creek in Vermont is probably my favorite Hitman level. Really? Um, yeah. In, 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 in many ways, it's because it is such a love letter to blood money. That's true. The mm. name of the level is Another Life, which is a direct reference to the level A New Life from Blood Money. And it's also mm. like this beautiful sort of like triple meaning, too, because you see the life that Janice is leading, which is, of course, different from the life he used to have. Right. And it's mm. also this stark contrast to 47, who can never live this kind of life yeah. right he he is yeah. destined they, to be outside of they it put, i think one of the better lines in the game in, in lucas gray's mouth where he says uh you know your, your gift and your curse to touch lives only by ending them which i yeah. i really like one of the cool things about whittleton creek too to the point of like lives and looking into people's lives is i yeah. feel like this is one of the levels where you most get to see sort of into the the, the the private lives of some of these NPCs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah. again, it's a suburb. You can go into a number of these houses. They're all sort of configured in different ways. There's one arc where you can become a realtor and you can actually, like, <laughs> be the realtor and walk the target around one of the targets. And, you know, you can assassinate him in the house, all sorts of fun and stuff it's, like it's that. It's some of the best dialogue that they give yeah. him because yeah. he keeps trying to sell the house based on how you can do murder <laughs> in each room. <laughs> right. yeah, because yeah. he sees the world the same way that you have been taught to after playing the game for this right, long. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you press R1. Well, he's like, oh, there's there's like a there's a there's a very capacious sort of closet there. Uh, this is a right, dark right, right. in this area. <laughs> You can even, uh, if you have the lock pick, you can get into the room that is otherwise locked, and there's just, like, blood spatters all over the walls. (laughs) It's great, and it advances the plot, because, again, Janice, he's the bad guy. You have to kill him. You can go down into a basement. You find a secret communist basement. Well, don't we all have those? Yeah, it's just full of, like, Lubatels (laughs) and Keev 80s. He's like, oh, sorry, the shutter doesn't work on that one. The shutter doesn't work on that one. The shutter doesn't work on that one, but I'm pretty sure that's a coincidence. I love Whittleton Creek. I I don't know if the rest of yeah. you have yeah. thoughts on I, that I, mean, all, I, I love it, yeah. too. Uh, I don't want to talk about it now because I'm holding out hope we do another Hitman episode For sure. where mm-hmm. we go in on Whittleton Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. do want to say that, like, Hawks Bay and Whittleton Creek both happened because Square Enix dropped IO. Interesting. So they oh, wow. so IO had to go independent. But Square actually comes off sounding pretty good in this whole deal. They they had to drop them. They tried to sell them to a couple of other companies, but IO actually said we don't want to be sold to that company. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We want to do this on our own terms. They went independent. They dropped the other games that they were developing outside of the franchise. They fired about half of their staff. Mm-hmm. Um thankfully Denmark is heavily unionized and there are very specific rules for how that stuff needs 
needs to be handled right. and everyone kind of ended up on their feet. Sure. Um, especially because everyone just went and worked for Unity down the street. But, mm. um, right. <laughs> <laughs> then they realized that they were going to have to get rid of a bunch of new systems that they were going to be putting in, which I imagine involved more of that like randomization element that you saw in Hawks True. Bay. But mm. it also led to the creation of Hawks Bay and Whittleton Creek. Very cool. Because they were going to do six extremely large levels and they weren't going to be able to do a full six large levels. So they gave us two small ones. And then they, they also sort of promised, we'll give you two more on the back end, sort of like post-release. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which they yes. did and it's crazy and they're really good. Yeah. And we'll talk <laughs> yeah. about one of those briefly later on mm-hmm. as well. But I feel like, the, yeah, we should go now here right to the aisle of... Of scale, scale, mm-hmm. scale. scale? Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is this is a sort of an invented location. It's, as far as I know, it's the first yeah. one to be like not have that sort of sense of place of being like, oh, this is in a country. It's sort of like nebulously Scotland, but it's like in the middle of the yeah. Atlantic, sort of thing. It's the evil island from a lot of yes. Bond films. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. like you know, yeah. there's no volcano, but it's like. And it's, it's be- like well you're you're one. going there. Th- there are these choppy seas. There's this whole semi-ruined castle with this big structure on top of this like totally glass Apple Store penthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's sitting atop the entire castle. Yeah, and it's 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 a level about sort of a struggle between new and old forms of power, and it, that, that yes. like yeah. expresses yeah. itself and in wealth. the architecture. Yeah. And so this uh, level is called the Ark Society, so named for mm. the secret. Secret society that is having their meeting. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. it's an annual get together. <laughs> this uh, is, yeah. you, you, I should also <laughs> say the host of my favorite line in the whole game because th- we've talked about how this game loves, or the series of games loves behind the scenes and how it has a sort of sympathy mm-hmm. with the amount of work yeah. required to like set up all of these big set piece events and like people laying all of the wiring and doing all of the lights right. and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. If you go sort of like backstage at this event, uh, someone like gives like two NPCs, two workers are talking to each other. And sort of having this conversation. On the one hand, is useful intelligence, which is, oh, hey, you know the uh, the main guys of this arc society. They have like a separate disguise. They have their own floor, uh, and, right. and, and they're mm-hmm. called the architects with a K. And then when mm-hmm. she hears this, uh, or when he hears this, the other NPC goes, "Man, must have spent a long time thinking that one up, huh?" And it's just like, <laughs> oh, this is perfect. All of all of the people working here are also laughing at these people, like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're ridiculous in universe as well. Isn't that just one yeah. of those things where it's like this is in many ways walking around this world is the same feeling I get when I look at like a fucking NFT convention yeah, or some yeah. shit like <laughs> it's, that. It's so closely yeah. observed. Like I, I don't know uh, how much you or indeed the listener have sp- like time has spent you spent with like really rich people, but I, mm, I've been yeah. sort of unfortunate enough and fortunate in other ways to to do that at times and. They really are like this, and they are on a completely different planet. It's genuinely, it's so closely observed that it's like, no, once you get rich enough, once you get powerful enough, you start acting like a hitman target in your daily life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, yeah, the, the developers of this game really know how this behavior actually works. It is so, so true to life. I'm like standing under the chandelier yep. going, why isn't my chandelier repair guy here yet? <laughs> like 120 yeah. decibels. I mean, it's so interesting. Like the, um, what are the Washington sisters? Because, you know, I think we haven't really talked about in terms of Hitman targets yet. Right. It's that yeah. they operate sort of in two 
modes, mm. either they're roamers or they're dwellers. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so the Washington sisters who you have to assassinate in this mission. Sophia is the dweller. She's the one upstairs and mm-hmm. Zoe upstairs, walks yeah. around. Right. Well, it's just all these investors come up to them. Just like are like all these people like in need of investment come up to them and like pitch them on like these wild sci-fi ideas. There's one there's one person who's just like, yeah, we have this thing where we, we make clones in the basement and then we can just like map your brain <laughs> yeah. onto the clones and then it's just like respawning and video game she's like oh that's interesting how far is that away and she's like oh like a very long time and she's like oh i'll give you a 20 percent raise in your budget i mean right. why not and it's yeah. just like such a waste of money mm-hmm. when you've just come from the basement where there are people like working over hot stoves to just make sure that this eyes wide shut party actually like yeah. goes off without a yeah. hitch a thing that, that the trilogy does really well i think my favorite levels are all these big event levels where there is something going on sort of that's set up to be kind of a temporary event in a space and these rich people are attending it you have this public element scale starts like that as well you have this Mm -hmm. central public area but like you know Paris is built like that Um, Miami has some degree of that Uh, scale is like that and my favorite uh, Dubai is also like that and my favorite level uh, which is the vineyard at the end of uh, the second to last level Mm. in Hitman 3 Mm. um, where you just spend some time with this party of incredibly uh, out of touch human beings yep. and they'll even comment on things that have happened in previous event levels you know they're all getting together and, and shooting the shit about some guys that you personally killed while you're standing next to them so a few <laughs> things about this world then that we learn just from you know walking around and listening to these horrible people talk to each other <laughs> first of all we learn from the briefing actually that Zoe and Sophia Washington are heirs to this massive fortune uh, they're third generation wealthy <laughs> their dad runs a conservative think tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their, their dad is the head of the Claremont Institute. Um, the politics of this game get less subtle as it goes on, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, they're all they're, they're out of touch sicko Princetonites, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're also like treasure hunters, mm-hmm. so they just go to like yeah, the Congo and kill Indiana people Jones. and steal yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. All of these rich fuckers are here for the Jellicle Ball more or less. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it is set up very eyes wide shut. Every Everyone is wearing masks yep. and there are people who even comment on it at the bar because they have the musicians who are blindfolded yep. too. Yep. They're like, mm-hmm. what do they think is happening? Oh, probably something with a lot more nudity because no one's actually fucking. Yeah, right. They're too, right. yeah. too boring to fuck. And like, right. yeah. the other thing is yeah. like, we've we've mentioned a bunch of other levels that have this here, but one great thing that I love in a Hitman level is a party because who doesn't love being the specter at the feast, right? Who doesn't love that? Particularly this kind of like masquerade thing. Um, another great level in Blood Money that never gets its due is uh, like uh, You Better Watch Out which is like it's Christmas themed that's not really important it's like oh, San- yeah. Santa yeah. Con is on at that time um, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, oh to be a hitman at Santa yeah. Con <laughs> you have to you have to essentially kill like a sort of thinly veiled Hugh Hefner and like a right. sort of dipshit congressman's <laughs> oh, wow. fail son um, and it's it, it's yeah you have to like mingle you have to be amongst these people who are enjoying themselves and it's yeah. it, it's really it's really great at making you feel like you are you are sort of being let in on a secret amongst these people you know where they where they feel safe with each other and they, and and they yeah. shouldn't because they're all standing under chandeliers yes yeah. yes and <laughs> or portcullises yeah. you know it, it, it's not as if they're all at the same level either like mm. that's what i find so fascinating about the design here too is that the levels of wealth are very 
literally represented, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Down in the basement, mm-hmm. you have the proles, right? You have the the, the people who are working the event, uh, the people in the kitchen, the wait staff, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. As you continue to ascend the tower, the and the levels of access become more and more guarded, and you need you know better and better. Uh, disguises to to successfully infiltrate so too does the level of class of the people who are in those levels like Mm -hmm, when we're on the base level which by the way we learned at the very beginning that you don't necessarily have to be a member of the arc society proper to even attend this thing this Mm. is their way of cultivating new recruits so as long as you don't go into the keep which is where the really fancy people are you Mm -hmm. are able to walk around just as a regular person So on the base level, the very first thing you step into is a fucking timeshare presentation for for a a vault under Svalbard. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. You all of a sudden just find yourself just walking into like a Hudson Yards apartment and it's all just covered in white plastic and there's a fish tank and they're like, so this will set you back about 30 million Mm dollars, but it'll help you survive the climate apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Right. And everyone's just getting ready. And that's that's the thing is it's not a it's not a it's not a let's go. So bang some people party it's a let's get ready for the climate apocalypse party and this is very much a real thing yes absolutely and it's a very sort of like persuasive and like seductive even uh way of introducing you to its it's like vision of wealth right is all of these people are richer than you can possibly imagine and then there's people who are richer than they can possibly imagine and is it (laughs) which is which is true like jeff bezos is like infinitely richer than the richest person you can imagine um but right. is it so much of a stretch then to say ah perhaps there are people who are like you know above even them and that's where you get to the like illuminati secret society freemason stuff and the iconography as you climb the tower and like ascend the social thing becomes more and more culty mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the higher you get like the robes get more ornate the symbols get more important until you're at the penthouse of it has like night in shiny yeah. armor outfits yeah. that you can hide in <laughs> yeah. and a and a freaking iron maiden i think and there's there's also like this element that it's like these people all know it's a game mm-hmm. like this big secretive mm. gathering with occult imagery and all this other stuff it's like to them it's 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 just they don't believe any of this shit. They right. don't believe in Baphomet or something. It's right. a fun way to play dress up and do the little thing that they saw in the Kubrick movie. Yep. It's yeah. just <laughs> it's, it's what it's, it's always it's been. It's Bohemian Grove. Exactly. It's it, it's yeah. that sort of thing where it's like it's, it's a- the faggiest thing I've ever yes! seen, according Richard to Nixon. Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he might not have been able to say it, but was he wrong? Impossible to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this this climate change thing, again, what the how this interacts with what they're actually doing at the event also mm-hmm. varies based on the level. Like I said, on the ground level, there's a timeshare presentation for underneath the Svalbard seed vault. And then the next level up, uh, there is a pitch for like Hyperborea, which I guess is just going yeah. to be building big arcologies in the Arctic somewhere surrounded by yep. fo- photovoltaic domes. Yeah. Well, one of the things that you find out, too, if you spend enough time just listening to the side conversations is that there are a number of patents that are held by the Ark Society, right. by Providence, by whoever, that have not been released to the public. So this is, yeah, this is that classic Illuminati mm-hmm. stuff. They figured out fusion. Right. So you get, they're going to have a fusion reactor up in the Arctic ready to go once a global warming kills most of yeah. the human they're gonna population. They're going to be up there getting photovoltaic dome off of each other and you yeah. Know, yeah. everyone else <laughs> is going to be either like making their fancy little crudités or dead. There are other people who are going to get into like a cold 
fusion rocket that is going to bring them to Titan, where right. everything I'm sure will go just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna be on. And, you know, that's why I'm so excited for humanity to go to Mars. Yeah, uh, I think you know Elon mm-hmm. Musk is gonna get us oh, there, yeah. and it's, it's gonna be great. It's gonna turn out just fine. Didn't didn't he yeah. basically just like pitch indentured servitude oh, yeah. for Mars? He did. Is yeah. that, is, yeah, wasn't yeah. that that's his big it. plan for that's it? All okay. it is. But right. I, here's the thing. Like again, <laughs> I I can't tell to what extent a guy like Elon Musk really believes what he's pitching versus mm. just knowing that it's a sucker's game and it's a way to get more money. I I think it's pretty yeah, heavily it's, the latter, mm. but I don't... It's hard because he is a fucking moron. He's very stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Alice. I guess this is a question for you, right? Like, when we get to the top, we then find the secret society... Mm. Their whole game is, well, we're just going to reverse the climate apocalypse now and make everything better and make more money off of that, too. Overall, like the way that this presents the the layers of wealth, the layers of power and all that, you mm-hmm. know, on Trash Future, uh, y'all spend a lot of time talking about these dynamics. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you think that Hitman is an anti-capitalist game? Do you think that it effectively reflects sort of what the actual status of things His is in the real 47 world? Woke. Yes, he woke. <laughs> Does he say the pronouns? I mean, look, we're all, we're all sort of constrained by capitalist realism, right? This is a capitalist yeah. product made by right. capitalists mm-hmm. to, you know, be sold to you, the consumer, right? Can it yeah. contain a critique of capital? Obviously, is that critique sort of like subsumed within capital? Also, yes. Um, mm-hmm. But you can mm-hmm. tell where its sympathies lie, right? Um, and yeah. It's, yeah. its sympathies very much are uh, with, if not sort of like workers, then sort of against the rich. And yeah. th- yes. These people are sort of like hubristic vulgar, stupid, often violent, and they're sort of protected from the consequences of their actions. And so it's this this power fantasy mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, someone can sort of like, one of my uh, favorite pieces of sort of like left-wing political art is, it's called From the Depths. It's like a, a, a worker's mm-hmm. fist punching through the floor of a ballroom uh, and a bunch of people in like uh, tuxedos and like ball gowns looking down at the floor very confused as to how this sort of like improbable thing could have happened. And right. uh, you know, Hitman works much the same way spatially as you sort of like admittedly you hit people over the head with a frying pan to do this right but you sort of right. you start at the bottom and you sort of trade up disguises until you're able to like climb all the way up through until uh, you, yeah. you know and often this is sort of like imbued with the sense of verticality as well until you're able mm-hmm. to like right. see these people as they really are uh, and Often, I think this this is the thing where you see the most sympathy for it is that often you don't really have to do much to kill them. They kill themselves either through right. some combination mm-hmm. of like yeah. arrogance or like uh, hostility. Or- Let me go look at my very sharp trophy on the desk for a few minutes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let me go inspect this Iron Maiden as I monologue <laughs> at you, facing away from you about how I'm going to get you. Actually, the, the guards are yeah. the difficult part. It, like. They themselves yeah. are the easy part, and they're easy and they're satisfying, and that's kind of like the reward function of this game too. Is you've you've done this thing and you've done yeah. it well, but also like as as a bonus, you now get to like push the guy over the balcony. So yeah, it, I mean it it is anti-capitalist in that sense. However, you know, yeah, I, to to sort of pull from. Another great anti-capitalist video game, Disco Elysium, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Joy- which we talked about a few uh, weeks ago. Yeah, that yeah, was a great discussion. Joyce Messier says much the same thing, which is like any critique yeah. of capital just gets subsumed into capital. Um, yeah. I, I, I yeah. think you should like... 
it, it's it's fun. It may even be inspirational. However, I think you should sort of go into it with a sense of perspective that this is uh, this is an entertainment product, right? For yeah. sure. Well, yeah. And I think there there's something that that factors into like the practical consideration of like they wanted you to play a hitman. Mm. They didn't want you to play a game where you're just some psychopathic killer. Sure. Yeah. And so they talk about like what's the sympathetic way to do this? Yeah. And of course, the sympathetic way to do this is to kill the richest people on earth right. it says perhaps more about the audience mm-hmm. that is primed for this kind of thing now we're like that wasn't necessarily how hitman was built early on That's it was true. like yeah. you know drug lords and gang leaders yes. and things yeah. like that mm. and now it's about like societal elites and so it says something about like how audiences are perceiving the world today and what would be sort of the their way yeah, in. Yeah, and it's, it's curious how, like, the the person you're invited to sympathize with has changed, right? Because um, mm-hmm. Hitman, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to sort of deliver a bit of a spoiler for the legal system here. Hitmen aren't real. If you hire a Hitman, you are talking to the <laughs> yeah. police, right? That's right. just sort of yeah. like right. an right. iron law of, of, of Hitmanning, right? Uh, the, the typical, mm-hmm. like, real Hitman is a person who kills one other person on a contract and they don't do it again. Yes. Like right. it's someone who's already in if, if if they're real, if they're not just a policeman that's mm-hmm. gonna that you know you found on Craigslist, it's just some guy who's already working in some capacity for some organization like a drug yeah. running we, ring we, or something we like that. We know the sort of avenues that our society has for professional killers and Hitman is not one of them. Yeah. But right. Uh, yeah. Right. what's interesting is like in in way back, the first game, uh, as far as I remember, you actually got like Paid this extended even to blood money, and you could use that money to spend mm-hmm. on upgrades and stuff. Hit, yeah, hit. buy guns, buy yeah. enhancements to your they're guns. They're actually going to put this into a, a totally new uh, gameplay mode that they're releasing in a couple yeah, months. Yeah, which I'm very curious to see really? because this sort of yeah. like huh. sort of speaks to my point in the storyline. Agent Forty Seven doesn't really do much hitmanning for money. Money doesn't figure into it. No. It's sort of like he, no, no, he's no. propelled for the story, and like half the time he's doing this one as a favor for somebody to find something out uh, for revenge, for vengeance. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, yeah. he's doing it for himself, which is mm-hmm. very interesting because in the earlier Hitman games, he's a completely blank slate. He yes. has no agency whatsoever. Right. right, has one agency, and it's the agency that tells him what to do. Yeah, the uh, ICA. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just like whatever Diana tells you. They're the ones making the money. Right. You just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are already on salary, or which something. is fine. Like, I, <laughs> give me like you know another couple of dozen levels like that. I'll play them quite happily. Um, Absolutely. Or, or at least sort of yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, another favorite, Traditions of the Trade, which is sort of in this like milfoy of a like hotel in Budapest that you get to unpack and like drown a guy in the spa. And the the, the thing on that one is purely like you are being paid to do this, so go do it. Right. Um, they never wanted to be that unsympathetic with it, and so right. now it's gotten to this point where it's like. Hitman is woke, right? He's 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 yeah, working yeah. with this sort of like uh, in- all-inclusive uh, crew of like counter assassins in order to like yeah. stick it to the one percent, which you know. Well, more I, power to I think the yeah. thing that's interesting about a, a piece of this though is sort of in conversation with we had mentioned Deus Ex earlier, mm. how rather than being happy to be a very straightforward class critique it does at some point end up tipping over into the, you know, the Illuminati is real. It doesn't go as yeah, far yeah, as Deus yeah. Ex, obviously, where right, right, you right. end up in Area 51 and you're shooting gray aliens, you know? <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I, I guess I'm curious if the rest of you found that the fact that the twist at the end is this secret society actually is going to be able to unfuck the planet no problem and they just need to profit uh, from it. 
I found that really disappointing. And I'm curious mm. what the rest of you feel mm. about that. So you're, you're saying that like ICA can actually help the world if it comes in the form of like public private partnerships. No, you're saying that's the perspective of this trilogy. It's oh, like, the, oh, yeah, oh, oh. The, I mean, there, this can be re reformed maybe. I get no, I, I'm saying the perspective <laughs> of the trilogy, I think, is that the elites are in control. They're always kind of going to be in control. And yeah. well, I guess in a, in a way you're right, right? That the only way to take down these power dynamics is to infiltrate the elite as opposed to just, I don't know, doing yeah. class warfare and guillotining the landlords, for instance. Yeah, it, it, Hitman is like a sort of, uh, like he's a balance, he's a check on power. And we, right. we actually yeah. see in, in, in the world of assassination, we do see one popular protest in Marrakesh in Morocco. Yes. And we see that yeah. not only is this only useful as a tool to facilitate an assassination, but it is being orchestrated by like the hidden hand, the man behind the man. Yeah, it's an op. Yeah. 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 It's an op. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I think, yeah, the game kind of gets to this point where it's like, well, there's there's no answer here. Once you get to hit Hitman Three, everything kind of moves back into place. They get a new sovereign. They get right. the new heads of Providence. Once you get rid of the old one, it all right. just kind of goes away and comes back and goes away and comes back. Right. And the the real solution at the end of those games is just the personal journey of Forty Seven, mm -hmm. the personal journey of of Diana Burnwood, and just being right. like, maybe we're gone now. Maybe we're just not doing this do anymore. You, do you know the meme? Uh, explaining a meme on the podcast is the least funny thing you can do. But I'm gonna. <laughs> Do it anyway. The, um, uh, you know, the woman called, like "Hello, human resources." When the, like the the ugly oh, yeah, guy yeah, called, yeah. like you know sexually harasses her or whatever, it was like absolution. Mm -hmm. Going, this one's more about Hitman Agent Forty Seven's personal journey than it is about sort of killing for money. <laughs> Me being like, "Hello, right. human resources." Uh, Hitman <laughs> World of Assassination. Going, this one's more about Agent Forty Seven's personal journey, and I'm like, "Oh, you're sweet." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it's yeah. also that it, it posits that Diana becoming the head of Providence, which is what happens at the end of Hitman 3, that she's able to dismantle the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. Dismantle uh, the system from within, you say? Yeah. It's and Fabianism. Then, and that's the solution. The long march yeah. through the, the institutions. And then uh, and then they become freelancers because it's like, well, there's always going to be powerful people trying to like do some bad shit, so we just have to be the two people standing between them and like world annihilation. I'm like, well, that's Check out our new game mode, February 2023. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, back in the game. What we see, I think there's actually kind of a parallel to that in Janus because Janus is the one who set up the Ark Society, right? right. Guy right. you killed in Vermont who was overseeing the uh, give kids seven dads and see what happens experiments. Mm -hmm. right. um, you see that he set up the Ark Society to be like this post-capitalist communism of the elite. It was mm. a future where everyone is supposed to be egalitarian. And even within the structure of that of the event, they can't help but having like three tiers. <laughs> right. Yeah. They can't right, help right. but having the upper class, the lower upper class, and then the architects themselves who are the inner circle and the people who are going on the rockets and everything. Which the constant, who is your nemesis for most of Hitman 2, actually mm -hmm. uses as an argument when he's trying to persuade the the coal mogul, who is part of the secret yeah. society, to mm -hmm. not join in on the plan. Because it's like, yeah. there's going to be a hundred guys, but guess what? All of them will have equal status. That's yeah, if, you want, if you want a place in this future world, you're not going to get to be on top anymore right. because mm. because the situation won't allow for it. And so he's like, oh, well, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love I love finding out little things about Janice, too. If you don his disguise and play him in the funeral. Yes. Uh, like he wrestled a bear at one point. Like this guy is just Bond, I think. Yeah, yeah very I think much. he's just supposed to be Bond. Also, uh, just wanted to point up 
up as well that Janice's funeral is another really nice callback to Blood Money. Mm-hmm. To yeah. Blood Money, where yeah. they've got the the cellist who plays Ave Maria and the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Diana even says stuff because I hadn't gotten that far in Blood Money uh, when I played this, but da- Diana like mentions that she she's like, "Oh, this is rather familiar," and I'm like, yeah. "Why? Why is this familiar? What am I missing? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. else am I missing?" It's from the one yeah. time when you died. And there, yeah, there are these three big events. There is that like, yeah, that meeting between the 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 oil barons and shit where they make the decision on whether they're going to invest in like solar power or whatever there is this big like bonfire where everyone burns their money in a giant statue and then there's janice's funeral and of course all of these can be used as different ways to uh do murder yeah you can you can actually Mm. burn the uh you can burn i think zoe uh, yeah. And then it becomes a real Jellicle ball because we're actually sacrificing <laughs> yeah. somebody yeah. and sending her up to the, the heavy side layer. You can also become like a pledge and like you have to find coins around the place while yeah. you're dressed like a cuckold. Yes. And like yeah. you have to. It's like here's your dipshit outfit. You have to like wear this <laughs> and, and around. Uh. And there's really funny conversations that happen with the other guys in dipshit out- uh, outfits where they're just like, could you please give me a coin? <laughs> oh, please. Please. And then you try and feed them and uh, they yeah. say they're oh, full, they but... they're getting so full! Yeah, Goku is actually one of the pledges. Uh, Goku uh, Goku is also not a friend to the working man. We keep feeding Goku well. coins, chocolate coins in this case. He grows larger. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. So once we leave the Isle of Sail, once we have uh, successfully eliminated Zoe and Sophia Washington... And mm-hmm. we got the constant. Well, we preserved the constant. Mm-hmm. We didn't yeah, kill we, him. We, we, we got yeah. him. We grabbed He's him ours. and we grabbed him. Hostage. He's on a boat. We now. got his ass. Yeah. We then, at that point, move on to uh, New York. There's a, a bank level. And this one is, it doesn't, I mean, it sort of continues the plot, but New York yeah. largely exists, I think, to be like a fun puzzle box kind of environment. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I know, Alice, when we were talking about getting this, doing this episode, this was something that you really specifically wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I'm curious yeah. to hear what about New York is. You know. so I, I was very keen yeah. to talk about New York because I think it's like the pure puzzle box level in the same way that I, I don't know why I have Call of Duty on the brain, but I, when they did Call of Duty. <laughs> because it's really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they did the like uh, pinnacle of storytelling so like post credits plane uh, mission. That's just like, now let's do a fun mm-hmm. one. Right. Where it's like, we've gotten all yeah, the sort of sure. story that we were wedded to out of the way. Now let's just like strip this down to the sort of the game play essentials a very sort of like thinly like uh drawn version of the plot and you just like enjoy that for the mechanics i think that's sort of the same space that new york occupies where it's like uh rich people bank that's it go and it just sort of like shoves you in the door It, it sort of like allows you to take apart this thing it also is uh to me a very interesting example of something that is not a permanent not a temporary event but a permanent workplace you you're like infiltrating this place as an office more than a bank. And in fact, you see some some bank robbers are like off to the side planning a, a heist. Yeah. And if you try and right. like take their disguise and choose up the place, I mean, you can do it, but it's, it's very difficult and it's also very stupid. Yeah, yeah. it gives you no advantages or exactly. story. It's just like, now you're dressed as a bunny with a gun. Yeah, which is the joke of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. it's like, yeah, you could approach robbing this bank as a bank robbery, or you could approach it as a job interview and like right. yeah. mm-hmm. sort of mm-hmm. incapacitate the guy who was there for a job interview and, and go take their little personality tests or oh, it's so go good. impersonate this dysfunctional employee uh, or go take advantage of this other dysfunctional employee. Yeah, or crash the whole stock market. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's like, again, it's, it's, it's sort of like quite closely drawn in terms of like 
the number of people that you have to have in your head at any one time to make this work mm -hmm. is relatively mm -hmm. low. In terms of like the the complexity of navigating the level, it's quite low. It's just the the three levels with one boss at the top and no exterior. Yeah. Like it's all inside yeah. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And sort of like big granite walls, which uh, again sort yeah. of like really constrain you. The other thing that I really like about it is that it introduces this sort of like new mechanic that requires you to use the the homing suitcase, where you have to pull the sort of like <laughs> the server <laughs> records from the vault. Yes. But if if you're holding these, which are conveniently briefcase sized, then yep. everyone is hostile <laughs> to you. You, yes. you. You cannot like walk out with a big robbery sack with a dollar sign on it. Um, <laughs> right. And, and so it becomes this sort of like complicated game of like maneuvering around different suitcases to try and like get out of people's line of sight to transfer it from one to the other. And I, I really enjoy that. And you don't even have to do no. that. That's the yeah. other fun right, thing. Right, because there's, like, there's two ways you can do the actual yeah. thing. You've always yeah. got to eliminate Athena, who is the, the, the president of the bank or whatever. You can yeah, do right. all you can do that through all the normal ways you queen could of the bank. ever yeah, do in Hitman her, games. Her Majesty the Queen of the Bank. That's exactly yeah. right. She spends all her time um, standing at like a big window that looks over the <laughs> you know, fifty foot drop. Uh, just conveniently with an ominous clock mm -hmm. above yeah. it. Yeah. A clock face that is very easily breakable glass. There's that. And then there's also, yeah, you have to get either the special data by infiltrating the vault and pulling out the conveniently suitcase size backups, or you can go around and pick up backup data disks off of the target and her two associates. Mm -hmm, Either yeah. strat is viable and it's just how do you want to play, which I think is an interesting answer to the question posed by Sapienza, which is like, yeah, how fun is it to have a supplemental thing you have to do where you always kind of have to do it in the same way every time? This gives you a lot more freedom. Yes. And, and I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious, Alice, if that if that paid off better for you oh, very than much. Sapienza. To, to me, yeah. that's like yeah. one reason why I was so keen on it is because it feels like them solving the like the problem that I have with Sapienza. Yeah. Um, and ah. it's something that like shows up in, in in Colorado and a bunch of others with like the ending of the level is the same. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. like here with Colorado, they just patched it out. They just mm -hmm. made you do it one time, and then they're like, "Fuck it, you don't have to do that again." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which was smart. And, you know, I, I kind of wish yeah. that they had like been able to figure out a way to do the same thing for Sapienza. Even yeah, no, for for New York, it's kind of like. It's much more open at the end, which I like. It broadens outwards. Mm -hmm. It's sort of curious because on the art direction, right, you wouldn't think that this is a particularly memorable level. Like, uh, there's a lot of much more colorful, more vibrant mm -hmm. levels. This is like, mm -hmm. it's mostly gray. It's in a bank. They're not really fun places. There's like a whole pack of Santas that just makes its way outside <laughs> the front door. But, but what I enjoy is, is, is kind of precisely that, is that it is a break from uh, the sort of like uh, rich Hubris stuff because it makes the hitmanness, the stuff that they inject into it, like the security guard who keeps going to have a drink in the break room or whatever, mm -hmm. like yeah. that's yeah. much more stark. And also, it's sort of like it gives you more of a sense of world that there is some work happening to maintain this enormous system of like power and privilege, and like people are yeah. having to actually do it. And it doesn't just exist in cutscenes, uh, and it isn't all party all the time. It's all of this right. all the time in order to sustain the party for everyone else at the top. Yep. And, and it is it like if we're talking about Hitman in terms of it being like a TV show, like this is the bottle episode of Hitman. Yeah, yeah, very right? much. Yeah, and sure. Where you're able to like get laser focused in on these interactions and expand the world out just through like these little tiny things. And it's so, it's it's like a diamond sheen, this level. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like it feels the most, like as you said, the most distilled Hitman experience you could have is in this. Like, I do miss the Grand Vistas myself, mm -hmm. but I mean, I, you can't fault the mechanics of this level. Yeah. Like it is 
there's there's a, an NPC in this level, and I don't know if this is randomized and maybe it shows up in other levels, but I've o- I only experienced it in the bank when I was actually playing it earlier today. I pulled a gun out and pointed it at just a random NPC, and he said, "Go ahead, do it." <laughs> I don't have anything else going for me anymore. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> if you try and like knock someone unconscious with a sleeper hold, there's like a sort of a one in fifty chance that the guard will say thank you, which he just like me. <laughs> For real. Uh, wow. <laughs> really makes you think. Yeah. Uh, There's yes. some great little, like, stupid NPC conversations that I've just been listening to over the last couple days. There's one in um, Bangkok where two characters are talking to each other, and one's like, So, did you hear what happened to blah, blah, blah? And she's like, No, I've been in Switzerland splitting atoms. Wow. Oh, okay. I guess that's a good excuse. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> There's God. one that I, I caught in Sapienza where someone sitting by the ice cream shop just starts babbling about, like, you know, I was reading a thing that, like, if a billion people all jumped at once, <laughs> it would throw the earth off of its orbit <laughs> and it would crash into the sun. And I was thinking about, like, the fact that China has more than a billion people and they're all so obedient so if their leader told them to jump then it would destroy the earth and her friend is like what the fuck are you talking about why do I still go out on these dates with you like I will say that was an amazingly realistic portrayal of the average reporter in the AP's China Bureau (laughs) I I just the, the, the amount of writing in this game the depth of writing and the like ability to like nail all all of these different tones from like just yeah. like idiot in mm. coffee shop all the way up to yeah. like guy who controls <laughs> the world economy is just it's yeah. so impressive. Let's cross the pond now over to Dartmoor. My uh, favorite level. I, I, know, I know it is AJ, and I'm very excited for you to. God, to... I love Thornbridge Manor. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Sure. So it's located in Dartmoor, England, which I have never been to, but it seems uh, like a horrible yeah, place. Yeah, you're not missing much. Uh, it's it's slightly radioactive at all times. Mm. Oh, is that true? Why? I learned that why from an that? episode of QI. Mm. So, why, so is the is U.S. That? capital. You know, background radiation is weird. So is why? my hometown. <laughs> he just like me for real. <laughs> You're sent to assassinate. Um, basically, in Hitman Three, you find out that Providence is run by three different partners of three of like the big families. Uh, yeah. The Stuyvesants, the Carlisles. I and... love that one of them is the Stuyvesants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, me too. Not just because of living in New York and seeing the name Stuyvesant everywhere, but also because I like to. My racism against the Dutch. Yeah, I like an opportunity to kill a Dutchman. Of course, that's that's yeah, actually how this show, our show, is going to end eventually. <laughs> the prime is going to be me, me killing Spend Josh. Three hours talking about the one contracts level set in Rotterdam. Yeah, <laughs> Brian, it's so weird. I, I, where did you get that barcode tattoo? <laughs> uh, yeah, so the third family is the Ingram family, but the one we're focusing on uh, for purposes of Thornbridge Manor is the Carlisle family, specifically yeah. the matriarch of the Carlisle family, Alexa Christine Carlyle, who is modeled after Margaret Thatcher and is called the Iron Magnate uh, to really <laughs> drive that point home. Terrible uh, puns. <laughs> tortured work. Yeah. Like. yeah, real, real hard. Uh, apparently, and you got to encounter her in scale. If you if you had hmm. done the meeting yeah. with the masked figures, you'll hear her voice, oh, but of course right. she's wearing the robes and mask. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah and, and they've like seated her in a couple of the, the cutscenes in two when we see the mm-hmm. constant like meeting with Providence. So like in their little VR chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where they're on the top of a mountain, I guess. Yeah. Apparently, she's also responsible for the war in the Falklands. 
like that's like a big thing that, that <laughs> that's they, something they, that she and margaret thatcher have in common yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true uh you're called there to take her out but it turns out it's a very inopportune time for the carlisle clan the entire family is gathered there to do a fake funeral for alexa carlisle yeah to throw any assassin off the scent because and the other two partners this, are dead mm-hmm. right and you saw this in the new york level like they are in finding new identities to build and that's what the bonus levels in hitman 2 were for right. so that they can then like fake die and mm-hmm. then move away somewhere yeah. and so at this reunion at this family reunion it turns out uh that zachary carlisle who is the younger brother of alexa carlisle has been found dead by apparent suicide <laughs> at this point they may as well put up on the briefing screen we're doing knives out and yes I, I would, <laughs> and i would be clapping like a trained seal exactly <laughs> and i here's the thing alice i was yeah, i, I was yeah. oh, i had a feeling AJ. oh this level's so good it's so much fun and i mean yeah you the, it's still a hitman level. You can mm-hmm. still do some other things. You can kill her using the funerary you, arrangement. You, don't you don't can even kill have to her do that. using a photographer. You can just walk yeah. in with a shotgun you brought from home. Absolutely. Kill, <laughs> kill everyone and leave and miss out on everything if you want to. But the yeah. game is like really directly funneling yes. you into this one thing. Yes. They're like, the first time you play this, you better knock out this one guy yep. because we got a whole fucking thing for you. It's a yeah. treat. Yeah. It, Enjoy it, our it, treats. And it is a delight delightful treat because you take on the guise of Phineas Whitmer, <laughs> which is an amazing name for a detective. It's the uh, uh, the and distant cousin the of noted Michigan governor Gretchen Whitmer. A uh, few notes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who actually spoiled the whole kidnapping plot against her. <laughs> Through his excellent uh, investigation skills, yeah. <laughs> they set up a murder mystery for you that is so much more detailed yeah. than I ever anticipated they did not have to make the murder mystery this good no and this complex but they did you can also my favorite actually way to kill alexa in this i keep saying that and i have an alexa and she keeps uh, uh, perking up every time i say it just say carlisle Mm. yeah carlisle so ever so in order to kill carlisle um my favorite way to do it is to uh, electrocute her at her own family sorry hold on alexa's talking alexa shut up But my favorite way to kill Carlisle is to put her in her family photo and then electrocute her yeah. by the, yeah, uh, with the fountain. It gives you the photo of like her being electrocuted. Oh, it's so too. funny. But, but so yeah. the, I guess we should also talk about a recurring bit. And one of my favorite recurring bits in the, the Hitman trilogy is Absolutely. Agent 47 has inexplicable probably dad derived talents that in order if he needs yeah. to do something like some uh, like piece of technical training or something in order to pull off an assassination he knows how to do it he knows yes. yoga yeah, in yeah. order to be a yoga coach if you can disguise yourself as a drummer in a rock band uh the the lead mm-hmm. singer who Again, you're trying Phil to Collins assassinate came in handy there yeah uh, yeah just yeah. point you at the drum kit and goes okay you know prove you're a real drummer you'd know how to drum yep. he's a very clever he's like a very skilled masseuse yeah, boy, yep. exactly uh, oh yeah, and so from this, he has psychiatric training. Yeah, and yeah. from this, so he's on. a good therapist. You genuinely can get the guy to have a breakthrough before you kill him, which is very funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which the other psychiatrist can't yes, do. Yeah, it's really oh, good. That's so funny. See, he's oh, really good at these things, and so of course, presented with a murder mystery, why wouldn't he be the world's greatest detective? And he, and it turns out he is. And the way that this level 
is designed with all of its like secret rooms. I mean, it's uh, you can unlock this. Uh, you get a cane that's in the shape of a dog that you can yep. then insert into like certain slots, and then it opens like secret back rooms. Yeah, and of course, you can pull open you know books off of the shelf that will open the door on the other side. This mystery is actually very hard to figure out. I had a really hard time with it my first mm. couple goes, um, but it leads you towards one of three mm-hmm. sort of solutions, and ultimately. Because it's a Hitman game, it doesn't matter if you solve the case. No. Uh, because you, right. all, all of it is just to gain access to, like, her, the file that she keeps in her office, and that just requires a lot of detective legwork. But you want to solve the case. Yeah. Like, yeah. the game really puts enough interesting characters out in front of you that you want to know yeah. what their what's, deal what's is. What's interesting is that each of the potential answers offers you a different route assassinating her including mm-hmm. there yeah. is there is one which I, I actually don't want to spoil if no one's found it or no one's played it but you can you can work things in such a way that you give her an answer so depressing that she kills herself yes yeah <laughs> yes yeah she'll like let you into the same you can also just ask for money and then they'll just drop a like block of dollar bills <laughs> asset on the desk and she'll walk away and you will have not gotten into the safe yep yep <laughs> But you can ask her into the safe and then she'll be like, oh, you're the guy. You're the hitman. I guess you're not here to kill me then. Anyway, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. In, in one case, you can push her off if you want to. She can jump off. You can tell her the butler did it. You can tell her it was a suicide. I think that's the one that, that makes her do it. Mm-hmm. And then you can also find out the real mystery, not tell her, but use that time to make sure that the real murderer, in fact, poisons her drink and leads her to die. Yeah. And it's. I think we, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, what the game has to say about class. And this is actually, I think, the most effective level uh, at getting what it has to say about rich people, which is that Mm. money just corrupts people like it takes like there's no getting out of it like each one of the carlisles that you meet has just something like horribly horribly wrong with them like (laughs) gregory the eldest son he lacks any and all ambition um edward yeah he's jerry falwell jr basically (laughs) Um, (laughs) well exactly this this is a new sort of revolution in gaming in that it's the first game i think to seriously attempt uh, a typology of fail sons yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, because Edward, the second son, I think is the is the biggest fail son. He's a neurotic mess yep. who uh, has these debilitating self esteem issues. Like he apparently climbed a tree and then couldn't get back down as a kid, and so his mom climbed up the tree and then climbed back down and said, "See, I can do it. Do it yourself," and like left him up there. I, like Edward is sort of the most, I guess, relatively speaking, relatable of all of them, mm-hmm. but. He definitely yeah. has that quality to what you were saying earlier, Alice, about like hanging out with people who are like extremely wealthy. He's got that like learned helplessness about yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where mm. it's like, so you just never had to learn how to do anything. And so that's where this right. comes from is you've never had any real challenges in life. Therefore, you've never had to surmount any obstacles. Therefore, mm-hmm. you're just a completely useless fucking person. And perpetually the victim, too. Yeah. Yes. Like he, yes. you know, I think I think he's married for like a month and she leaves <laughs> because he's too clingy. Like like he can't do anything without her there. And then Rebecca Carlisle, who is the the only daughter of the matriarch uh, who shall remain nameless. Uh, she seems basically fine, but she's a reporter and she's like doing a story about her family. So 
she can't even really escape the power of the Carlisle mm-hmm. name. Like she doesn't have free will, really. She it, she has to be subservient to the family. It's like it's kind of like Shiv in Succession. The, like the most the one who could be the most relatively adjusted, but is just so attached to this familiar familial wealth that yep. she does a lot of terrible things uh, just because of her proximity to it. And then there's like Patrick Carlyle, who's the grandson, who's just a fucking piece of shit who like loves like going out to the clubs and stuff. And it's just like, and like, and like torturing the house staff and like, it's sort of like Chris Evans knives out. Yeah, Um, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's the level that really, because you have to spend so much time getting to know each member of the Carlyle family, you actually feel, I think emotionally the effects of wealth and it's like the talk Toxicity of mm-hmm. it a lot more acutely than in the other levels where you can well, see especially like, because this is old wealth. This is just like these yeah. people have been poisoned for longer right, than yeah. they've been alive. And it's like all of with just this horrible. Yeah, all of the walls are like covered in like hunting trophies, and everything sort of feels that <laughs> that ossified. You know, you can yeah. you can almost smell it, can't you? Especially mm. when you turn yeah. on if you have a uh, like a very high powered PC and you turn on all the uh, particle effects and shit like that. The must the practically dust, comes yeah. out of the screen. It stinks of tweed. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, it reeks of it. And rotting oh, paper. Mm. There's like a lot of like fun, goofy shit you can do in the mansion too. You can drop like the antlers, like moose antler chandelier onto the matriarch at one point. And I think the murder mystery is so good and so serious, but it never loses like the hitman flavor that makes these games so appealing yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and even if you kill her without like getting that answer and getting her to to tell you what's you know how to get into the safe or whatever the way that you solve that puzzle is by doing this weird little like look around the room and see the number over the clock right. and I spy yeah. game yeah. Yeah. <laughs> built into her office I adore this level and yeah. it, it makes me long for like a Benoit Blanc mm. video game made mm. by IO yeah, Interactive the, yeah. the, these are the like, sort of like and, and both Knives Out and Hitman sort of have, have this effect on me of turning me into sort of like a, a, a glutton, like the sort of like little boy in the sailor suit who's like, more please, you know? Like, <laughs> essentially, like, I, I walked out of Knives Out too and I was like, yeah, thanks Ryan Johnson, give me like a couple dozen more of these fuckers. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one a year for the rest of my life suits me perfectly, thanks. I mean, there's a reason that yeah. Agatha Christie is one of the best-selling authors of all time, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just yeah, that. Right. Forever. Alice, have you have you seen the movie The Last of Sheila? I have not. Put that on your list. It's a movie co-written by Stephen Sondheim and Anthony Perkins. Already of Psycho. Triple underlined at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about a bunch of rich, famous people who get on a boat uh, to like go on some guy's like murder mystery party around the Mediterranean Sea, and then of course everything goes wrong. There's right. there's a scene that involves strangulation by way of hand puppets. <laughs> uh, it's it's an incredible movie, and it, it's so much of an influence on Knives Out and the sort of mystery that's not as straightforward as Agatha Christie, where like you get to the middle and it starts sprawling in all sorts of other directions. Yeah, highly recommend mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Glass Onion actually takes a lot from Sheila, from what mm. I understand. Yes, I, I haven't it's seen also it yet. on a boat. But um, but also, <laughs> I think Ryan Johnson is making a murder mystery TV show as well. Ah, uh, so we're going to get fine. a lot more I, of that. I also movie. had this response to the first uh, Kenneth Branagh Poirot, the murder on the Orient Express, and unfortunately I got my wish. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah. I, was like, I, I, I would have some more of this. Uh, delightful. Please bring me another course. And then Kenneth Branagh did, um, which hmm. <laughs> never ask Kenneth Branagh for more. No. You know, never like, do it. I feel like we've learned that lesson on this show before, haven't? We? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know why? Because he's going to bring you enough champagne to fill the Nile. Champagne <laughs> to fill the Nile. Fantastic line read. Yeah. Yeah, the best. <laughs> Just pitch perfect acting. After Dartmoor's wrapped up, after actually no, I want to say one more thing about Dartmoor, and then yeah. and then I'll wrap it up. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The last piece that I wanted to say about Dartmoor is that as much fun as the like core mechanics doing it through the mission story way is, it's also a tremendously satisfying mission to suit only mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's a lot less patrolled. Like there are areas of the map that are designed yeah. to be very easy to get around and through. So. If you want to really learn how to suit only levels in Hitman, Dartmoor makes for a great place Mm. to start because it's much easier to get around without being spotted. There's a whole lot of pipes and ledges and stuff like that that you can use to climb up and around. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this actually is this and Hawks Bay are the only two that I actually have been able to successfully silent assassin suit only figuring it out. Interesting. I, 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 I would say that like it's. If if I were listening and taking notes, which God forbid, uh, the, like it's it's fun when it does throw a lot of guards at you. Sometimes, like uh, the the mission in Hokkaido, where the, you know there's yakuza guards who are more or less directly the crazy 88s from Kill Bill, right? Yeah, um, that, that's yeah, that's yeah. sometimes a lot of fun. But in general, uh, I I think all of us enjoy a slightly more sedate, slightly less well-guarded mm-hmm. Hitman level. There is kind of a joy to accidentally leaving a body out and like or like killing two people at once and having to hide the bodies, but then another NPC like shows up and finds the body. Mm-hmm. And I always, regardless of what the NPC says, whatever I hear in my head is, Oi, what's all this then? <laughs> <laughs> I like go up behind them and knock them out. Oh, I certainly hope you've got an Hitmanning license. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It manning without a license. <laughs> Once we get away from Dartmoor, things yeah. continue to unfold. The game becomes about 47's own personal story. Diana gets kidnapped like your last message with her in that level is all scrambled right. and weird and then she's gone. Right. And so then there's yeah. a mission where you have to like get Diana back and then ultimately yeah. all of you team up, Berghain. which is amazing. But there's one guy left. And to get that, and it's the constant. It's, it's the, the guy. constant. It's, the it's guy the who's been the guy through the whole thing. And yeah. so mm-hmm. there's this uh, train level, which you yeah. know, slightly controversial, yeah. but it's like it's the end of the game. And I, 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 yeah. I don't hate when the end of the game is just like we're at the end. We're gonna just get you there. Go ahead and kill some guys. We're gonna have a little bit of fun with it. It's not really designed the yeah, way. Yeah, that the I, other don't, I don't designed. really judge it yeah. by the standards of like uh, any of the other levels. It's not yeah, really right. a level. Although I will say, yeah. I think it's possible to do a train level more interestingly than this. And my oh, my, sure. my source yes. of this is Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow, which has you like Absolutely. climbing like down the side or like under the bottom of like a TGV, uh, going at like three hundred kilometers an hour. That's fantastic. Give me more of that. But ultimately, this is not trying to be that. This is just trying to. To be a linear resolution to 47 yeah. story on a high speed yeah. train through the Carpathian Mountains where yeah. you just end up getting all the guns. Um, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, you can There's still also you can a- still silent assassin it if you want, but mm-hmm. it's really designed to finally give you the opportunity to go Rambo. And the beginning of this level, you have to enter a little passcode. So, of course, you look around the environment, see where a number is written down. You see it's 1979. 
But the weird thing, and I have not seen anyone online mention this, which is why I have to bring it up here. It has to be spoken into the universe. <laughs> mm. In the world of Hitman, that poster that says 1979 is memorializing the fall of Skylab, the first American space huh. station. Skylab huh. fell in 79 over Australia. And no one died, it, you know, it just it left orbit. I think it was a little bit messier than they were expecting it to be, but no one died. Mm. That poster in the train on the Carpathian Mountains level says it like something to the tune of in memory of those lost. Huh. People in mm. the universe of the Hitman games, for some reason, <laughs> died on Skylab as it re-entered the atmosphere. There was a Hitman universe, Alice, who made sort of a riskier tweet 30 years <laughs> earlier, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, Graham Linehan really fixated on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian, it's shocking that you know that uh, you yourself not coming from the Hitman universe. Um, yeah, where where did you get that suit? You look really great in it. Uh, it yeah. fits you it's very a really well. Really fetching red tie. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was one of those things where like this is built for me because I just saw that poster and I was like. That's Skylab. Why are th why are they saying people died yeah. on Skylab? <laughs> my, my dad has a piece of Skylab like encased in resin in his house. It's sort of pointy and pyramid shaped, so you could like slam someone's head and <laughs> spend a lot of time like closely you begin to examining see your life it levels. through like a loop or something like. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the rest of the room, you know. He dismisses so, his guards to be like, I want to be alone with the Skylab fragment for a minute. <laughs> I need to commune yeah. with those lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hitman then pretty much concludes when you kill the constant. You, mm -hmm. fit, you yeah. hit your final you can man. Also, or you can make him, you can give him the forgetting serum. Right. And then he forgets everything. Which is right. a fate worse than death, with, which actually having gone through the train level, I was like, yeah, no, this guy needs to suffer. At the beginning, yeah. I'm, like, I'm just going <laughs> to put him out of his misery. But like, no, 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 he needs to die. Yeah, uh, there actually is a plot twist in, in this trilogy that I found to be very effective, okay. which was Diana's parents. Mm. And 47 was the architect of their demise. Right. I the found that to be very effective. What's, yeah, what's also what's also uh, interesting about that to me is that they did that in Hitman 2, a game which, for I suspect budget reasons, does not have cutscenes. It has a, like a succession yeah. of like montages, um, yeah. which I think really work actually. Mm. Like they're very cool to look at, like because uh, they're, they're very intricately detailed. And no, there's no motion, but it feels like you're w witnessing like a myth unfold mm. as opposed to like just another cutscene in a video game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're really good is the thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're just really good. Yeah. Even with this sort of like good disjointed uh, thing in the middle like that separates the whole trilogy because I, I may be like imagining or misremembering this but I think the original plan was to do sort of all three parts of the trilogy in nominally one game like they would just keep adding mm, yeah. to it and it would just be dlc yeah. part, forever part two was already yeah. like mostly done when part one was like going mm -hmm. out yeah and so like, like mm. they, i think they were halfway through and they were still like working on levels for for hitman one so it was just going to keep sort of rolling out all the way there and then the business model just didn't work people didn't trust it they thought is this some kind of scam is this like early access even right. though they're like no we're trying to design it so that you just spend a whole month playing a level mm -hmm. like we've designed month-long levels yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and they refer to them as seasons too mm -hmm. like yeah. whenever you see the development it's like it's not hitman one two and three it's like oh hitman season one season two yeah. season three yeah. uh because it is it, it's just I feel like I'm really glad I came in on Hitman 3 because it feels like a full game. Yes. Like, true. if I had just mm -hmm. played Hitman 1 and hit that season finale, I would have been like, that's it? Like, that's that's yeah. the end 
of the game. And this one gives you like the full arc of it and gives you the full story. And well, it's wonderful. And I think with yeah. all the ups and downs and occasional, like they didn't quite know what they wanted to write. So they did something mm-hmm. they've managed to figure out how to pay off the ending. I think pretty well. And mm-hmm. uh, people responded to this. I mean, Hitman, yeah. I think, I, I don't know the exact figures. Maybe you do, Brian, about like sales or anything uh, like that. I don't, I don't know. That. But it's great. It's it's doing great sales. And it's, yeah. uh, and you know, they have enough like cosmetic DLC or like the Seven Deadly Sins packs or things like that, that mm-hmm. like the the franchise, it's never been better mm-hmm. for right. IO. Like they, they have never, ever hit a point like they are currently at. And especially Hitman 3's release just grabbed way more attention even than the release of Hitman 2 or when they put out the the uh, tutorial for free. It's right. just getting bigger and bigger and to the point where they're making an entirely new mode over top of this trilogy mm-hmm. for free. It's just going to be added in for they've, anyone who owns it. They've been like wow. so generous with extra content in general. And plus, yeah. for the longest time, mm. uh, in order to like hook people in, uh, they were like sort of giving sort of like whole levels away for like time limited periods and stuff. Yeah. So there, yeah. there was a while where you could have just like got this whole thing for like very cheap. So if this is something that like interests you enough to you know listen to you know this whole podcast about it, then uh, you, you, can, <laughs> yeah. you can sort of like you can get a pretty good deal on it still. On the whole thing start to finish yeah. and uh you yeah. know it's now it's on it was originally an epic game store exclusive on yeah, pc this is this now is the one on thing steam. i'm a bitch about is yeah i, I yeah. play almost everything on steam that's where i like Me to like organize my mm-hmm. uh my my head and stuff and so uh i i did the extremely convoluted process of transferring all of my progress my unlocks and everything <laughs> over wasn't to, that an no. annoying fucking day yeah oh. over to over to the epic store now it's the only thing i have on the epic store um, yep. And it's the only thing that I use it for. So I, <laughs> I play it less now because I remember to start the Epic Store less. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, console game for life. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Console gaming master race. Yeah, oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I think it's, you know, playing through the, these games again and sort of prep for this, I kept thinking about Coriolanus. Mm. Just this mm. idea of. I hardly what, knew her. Oh, boy. <laughs> just this idea of what happens when your protagonist is a gun. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you populate? and like make a game interesting that you'll want to follow through for three whole games like and see it through to its conclusion and I think this game storytelling wise kind of cracked the code which is you just make everyone around him the most interesting character you've ever met in your life and I I know that Hitman is you know even the writer admits it's gameplay first it's gameplay first but the thing that really struck me was just how good the storytelling is in these games and none better than I think you know Dartmoor Manor but it's all over the place it's all over every level of this thing that's why I'm so excited for whenever their fucking 007 game comes out I have no idea when that's gonna be but yeah. Alice, I have so many questions. <laughs> I have so many, I have so so many, many questions for you about so, this. So this has been announced for a few years now, is that um, yeah. essentially Agent 47 has been paying for them to develop their, their other thing, which so far, as far as I know, they're only calling Project 007. But yes. yeah. a much less interesting man with a gun for a brain is is being entrusted <laughs> to them. Uh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, all, all they're saying about it is that they're sort of like, they have more life license, if you will, to like to do yeah. stuff with mm. it than previous developers had, where it's just like paste a sort of Daniel Craig head onto a guy and then make a shooter. Uh, Barbara Broccoli has gone on record saying that all the previous video games 
uh, adaptations of James Bond uh, were violence for the sake of violence mm-hmm. and not worthy enough of the IP. <laughs> so oh, my question for you, Alice. On. Not quite as what cerebral is the worth as James of the Bond. IP to you. Wow, what, what, what is the worth of the Bond IP? Less than nothing. I <laughs> press X to sexually harass nearest woman. I oh yeah. I, I sort of understand that that they want to do some sort of like Bond suaveness, right? I understand yeah. that that's part of his character. It's one of my least favorite aspects of his character uh, because mm-hmm. he's either. He's a racist, sexist, misogynist relic of the Cold War, or he's a racist, sexist, misogynist mm. of the Cold War, and they say that in the movie, so you're not allowed to get mad at them, right? Right. Uh, uh, sure. <laughs> he's he- just hang a big old lampshade on Daniel Craig's uh, stony facade. Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and the Craig thing's even less. Like, you want to talk to me about a legacy of violence? Craig's thing basically is more violence, less suaveness, and sort of the history yeah, yeah. of the Bond franchise has been whichever broccoli is in charge of it. Turning a big violence <laughs> dial back and forth and looking at the audience yeah, for looking at the audience. like oh, we, you know this one, this one's too safe. We got to do like um, yeah, yeah, license yeah. to kill uh, and and have you know a guy get his arms and legs bitten off by a shark. Oh, that's too much. Yep. You got to dial this yep. one back. Now we have a robot car. So it, yep. the, the most triangulating intellectual property that I can think of is going to be precious about uh, like you know the value of adaptation. Yeah. And preserving the brand is is perverse right. to me. I, I think probably if anyone can make something out of it that I would want to play, it would be IO Interactive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I I'm I'm sort of torn right because I want about a billion more Hitman things. Even yes. though it's sort of come yeah. to a sort of a satisfactory conclusion in this one thing, I don't care. Keep yeah. making them. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 because because I'm greedy, right? And I want more. Um, but he must hit more men. Yeah. Um, but so if it if it funds something else, if it, if that success allows them to do something else, I yeah. would much rather that they sort of experiment and develop their own thing. Fuck, maybe even bring Freedom yeah. Fighters back. That was a good time. Um, it, oh, instead yeah. of sort of like working on uh, working on Cubby Broccoli's farm, you know. We're gonna to take a trip to that broccoli farm one day perhaps but mm, until yeah. then uh alice first of all thank you so much for coming on this has been uh, fucking great a genuine um, pleasure i'm i'm so happy to be here and uh, thanks so much for having me on uh is there anything yeah. that you wanted to pitch plug etc oh i mean i do podcasts everywhere i'm on twitter alice avazandum uh you can listen to trash future you can listen to kill james bond you can listen to well there's your problem yeah that's that's pretty much everything i just wanted to say that kill james bond is like is such a wonderful thank you podcast particularly the episode about the lives of others which is one of my favorite movies and it really does feel like you are sneaking into like the greatest film club <laughs> of all time and just like getting to hear these like incredibly rich intellectual conversations so about so- sometimes very deeply vile movies uh, <laughs> but- <laughs> that's, that's the joy of doing it for me is that I've been able to like sort of smuggle vegetables if you will onto everyone's plate by like making them broccoli uh, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. It's, it's like you have to watch these these dreadful movies right and then uh, as, as a reward I get to you know talk to you about something i really enjoy we also have a patreon uh it is five dollars a month or more if you want to give us more 
opportunity to listen to a Give whole bunch more. of <laughs> great episodes in our back catalog, including a few things we've talked about today, uh, Disco Elysium being among them. Uh, so patreon.com slash worst of all is your ticket for that. And we hope you check it out. I wanted to wrap up this episode by asking you one more question, Alice. Sure. AJ asked you, what is the worth of 007? Mm. And you said less than zero. Now I want to ask you, what is the worth of Hitman? Ooh, that's difficult. I mean, I genuinely do have a great deal of emotional affection for this silly, bald man, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's like, it's been sort of like part of the background of, of like my whole life, more or less. Like since I was a kid, I remember playing this mm. and sort of like watching it grow and evolve into into this sort of like somewhat anti-capitalist um but mostly just like beautifully designed and made project i i i really i really would attribute some worth to it and uh, i i hope they keep making them well that pretty much sums it up right yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah let's exfiltrate i'm the worst (laughs) of all possible brian's i'm the worst of all possible aj's and i'm the worst of all possible josh's see you next week thank you so much alice my pleasure